All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to The Spoken. Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here with my guys, Eddie Ortiz and Trevor Twidwell. What's up? What's going on, people? All right, guys. So here we are. It's a first month. This is episode four. We've made it this far. There's no turning back now, guys. How do you feel so far? It feels great. Ah, I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's four episodes, but I feel like it's been 25. It's therapeutic for me, man. This is this is what I, I love to do. I love to talk and, and ramble about sports. So this is a uh... It's like my every week uh, therapy session. So. I, I feel like every week we talk about this. I dress this for the beginning of the show, but and, and let me let me know. Let me know, I'll let you guys know right now. We are here at the Casey Beardco Studios. Uh, we're very happy to be bringing you guys the the, the conversation that we're going to have tonight because I feel like we have a lot to talk about. Um, and it feels like every week, like I said, it feels like we're you know I'm I'm I always get this like anxious feeling after we're done with the last episode that man we're really going to have to find some new news to talk about. But it seems like. The sports gods give us new things to talk about all the time, and there's so much to unpack. I feel like we can never fit it all in, but we're here this week, and we have a lot of good things to talk about all the way from the NFL to the MLB. Uh, actually, Eddie's going to give us a little soccer at the end of the show, which yeah. I'm really looking forward to because there's a lot of news coming <laughs> there out. There is, there is, but I'll try to give you guys uh, kind of like an explanation as to like what it is, what's going on, kick and some, all that stuff. Kick some thoughts around. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would be remiss if I did not mention – that we have a, a very special guest tonight, our guy Joe Brines, who's sitting behind me right now, uh, the owner of Commandeer brand. Uh, at Commandeer, uh, it's a nautical brand. Uh, we're very excited to have him on. Tell us, tell us what what his uh, company is all about, uh, how he started it, what was what was it that inspired him, and also he's a big sports fan too. So we're gonna get his thoughts on some Royals, some Chiefs, uh, and he will be on very shortly. And like I said, guys, we want to get right to it. That's what we do. We're here to talk. We're not here to waste your time. So, guys, there is a lot of news coming out of Kansas City as far as what the Chiefs are going to be doing in free agency. There's been insane, inspe- insane yeah, speculation. A lot, of specula- a lot of speculation, not necessarily news, but yeah. Unbelievable speculation. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're talking about – I mean, it, it's so insane right now that we're talking about the Chiefs potentially signing guys like Le'Veon Bell mm. and oh. Antonio yes, Brown. Sir. I mean, obviously the first thought is, oh, God, yes, I would love <laughs> yeah. to have this guy on my team. There's no question yeah, about it. Who wouldn't? What if, bro? I mean, who wouldn't, but – Nah. Yeah, it, it, comes, it all comes with a price tag, you know. Yeah, I, I love it, man. And, and and I'm looking at Twitter, and I see a lot of the guys that I trust with their their opinions, and they're sitting here saying, "Man, it it, it makes no financial sense." But I'm so on board with this. Well, the I mean, we've had with a lot of big names like Jay Glazer and other guys that are you know tight with GMs in the league, saying that they they've been hearing rumblings that the rumblings that the Chiefs are going to make a big move for a, an offensive, you know, a big time offensive name. So I don't. Right now, man, I don't know what the it would shock happen. me. It would shock me if uh, they signed either AB or uh, Le'Veon Bell. I think it would shock me because we don't necessarily need it, and it doesn't like like you said doesn't make financial sense. Well, I, I mean, we can get into this, but I mean, there's there's definitely a scenario where AB can land here if you know we trade Sammy Watkins. If the Steelers want to pick up Sammy Watkins' contract and maybe a second round pick, 
I'm actually on board with that. So. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of speculation, like I said, on those guys. But let's let's talk about the the more realistic scenarios that we have on our hands right now, in particular with the safety position. Now, we have been you know made aware during this week that the Giants were not going to pick up a franchise tag on Landon Collins, their safety, right. 25 years old, just turned 25 years old. And if anybody knows anything about Brett Veach and about Spagnolo, these guys are big fans of Landon Collins. In fact, we heard rumors this week that the Chiefs were even trying to give up a first-round pick during last season to try to land Landon Collins. Mm -hmm. So this guy is obviously priority number one for the Chiefs as it currently constructed because they know they got to get better on the defensive side. We do know that Eric Berry is more than likely not going to be on this team next year. And if he is, we have no idea what kind of player he is. And then Justin Houston, D Ford, all these scenarios are are coming about. We're going to touch on D Ford in a minute. But when it comes to Landon Collins, um, there's been a lot of rumors as far as the entire safety position. He's obviously the top tier guy. Now, especially the Eric Weddle, 34 year old safety that was formerly with the Ravens, just signed with the Rams today. Yeah. Uh, seemed to be more of a home fit for him because he's from the California area. Right. It makes a lot of sense for him to go there. Plus they're a contender. Um, but the Colts, the Raiders, the Packers, Giants, and Chiefs have all been, according to sources, uh, keeping a very close eye on the safety market. Now that goes as far as draft, uh, potential and it comes to the free agent potential. Cause there's so many good free agents out there. Uh, the, the, the names come across like Tyron Matthew, Adrian Amos, uh, Le, uh, LaMarcus Joyner, Eric Weddle formerly, and of course, Landon Collins. So there's names out there, and they're all going to cost a lot of money, which is what's keeping these teams uh, open for drafting players at that position early and often. Right. So my question, you know, when it comes to this entire situation, isn't necessarily the names of the safeties that the Chiefs are going to look at, because I obviously I think we all can agree that Landon Collins is the number one guy on their on, on their. If they could pick one of those guys from that list of free yeah, agent yeah. tight or uh, safeties, they would go with him. More more of the fact of his youth. I think any defensive free agent right now, yeah, he's the top guy because I think that we made it pretty clear that. Eric Berry, this if this isn't in his last year, he or we move him from him this year. They made it sound like they're not going to move from him this year. Which, if we do get Landon Collins, I would want Eric Berry gone, right? Because I don't want there to be any kind of. I mean, it would it would only make sense, right? That's what I'm saying. But I mean, that might not necessarily happen. But I mean, this with the context in in the contracts, I don't. I have no idea how they're going to. What moves are going to make? The, the beautiful thing about this situation is initially we thought, okay, you're going to have to spend insane amount of money on, on right. Landon Collins right. because the market is going to be so thin. So Barry would have to go. Right. Have to have now, it. what scares me is is the fact that there's it's a heavy amount of names out there right now, so that kind of waters down the demand for a guy like Landon Collins for the Chiefs. But Tyron Matthew is pr- more than likely going to stay with the Texans. Adrian Amos is the guy, or Amos, I don't know how to say his name exactly. Adrian Amos is a guy that, that that a lot of teams are looking at as well. He's both, you know, they're both 25 years old, had an incredible season with the Bears. He's only missed, I think, four four games in his entire career to this point. No IR, no significant injuries. He's had only a concussion, which you know can be serious, but he's only had one, and a shoulder injury. Yeah. So, you know, Adrian Amos is a guy that a lot of teams are going to be looking at as well. And then you have Lamarcus Joyner, good player. Uh, Eric Weddle is now off the off the mark. So so there, you know, the, the the market's still big enough to where the Chiefs aren't going to have to you know bid outbid someone outpay hmm. someone else. Now even if they have to, the Chiefs right now is currently constructed or sitting flirting around thirty million dollars in cap space. You let go of Eric Berry like we talked about. You let go of Justin Houston. You let go of D Ford. You trade those 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 uh, salaries out of the team. You're going to look at around fifty some million dollars. Yeah. So even if the Chiefs have to pay uh, what Spotrac is talking about, I'll pull this up real quick. Uh, they, they both talked about when the, cause I was looking up demands last night. I was, I was really looking into this because it's going to, it's going to vary. Um, but with, for Adrian Amos and, and, um, and Landon Collins, the two guys that I think it's going to come down to for the chiefs, yeah. 
they're both looking at five-year contracts that are ranging around 45 to $50 million. Right. So you're looking at 9 to $10 million you're going to have to spend on a safety anyway. Yep. Now, that gives a lot of Chiefs fans some, some serious pushback. Or they're, they're pushing back on this a little bit because they know the experience that it's come down with Eric Berry. $13 million a year for Eric Berry, the most expensive safety in the league, has played, what, three games in the last two and a half seasons. So that scares a lot of Chiefs fans. It's make them feel very reluctant spending big, big money on a safety, especially with Landon Collins being a guy who's been on the IR twice in his career. Now, granted, he didn't miss a lot of games because both times he went on the IR, it was late in the season. Like last yeah. season, he played 12 games, Still young missed guy. the final four. Yeah. Still a young guy, and you know, and we've seen his success. I think that's what gives us the most leverage of any team right now. I know money's the biggest leverage for the player, usually, depending on their character. But we have with Spags being in our on our staff now is huge because we saw when he flourished, when he was having his best seasons, was with Spags. And you know Spags is trying to get that guy's you know, very, very he's going for that guy. He wants him on, you know, on his his scheme. So that's definitely uh leverage in our favor so yeah. I, and i agree i i think that uh landon collins would definitely be interested the most in coming to kansas city i think there's other teams out there that may be able to may pay him a little right. bit more right and guaranteed money but i'd like to believe that a guy like him would also see that there's a, a legitimate opportunity and it's very rare for most players to have an opportunity to make big money and win right so for him to be able to be in this position prime position at 25 years old to go and land in a position like that in kansas city and make big money and have the best quarterback in football leading your That's team. That's what I was going to say. The, the biggest drag that we have is Patrick Mahomes. we got guys coming in the draft talking about, you know, guys aren't even in the <laughs> league yet talking about how they want to play with Patrick Mahomes. Right. It's like, dude. That's our guy. It's so unreal hearing that, just watching you know the combine and talk, guys talking about our quarterback already. Exactly. That's so, amazing, dude. So when it comes down to because I, I, again, guys, I was late at night last night. I, I wanted to make sure I got this down because yeah. I wanted I want the Chiefs to get the right guy because they're going to spend money. Mm-hmm. Let's make oh, that very clear. To. They're they going to spend money, especially beach, on the defensive side. Trust, man. Yeah. So so here we are, and I, I'm looking at this, and, and I've I, I've talked to a lot of my guys, like my boy Soli on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guy, follow him at Soli Football. Uh, he's somebody I trust very much, and he he's been swearing up and down the Chiefs should go Adrian Almos. They've been swearing he's been swearing up and down he's the guy they should go with because he's going to be cheaper. Yeah. He's the same age. He's never been on the IR. He trusts him, and so it came down to Landon Collins or Adrian and Adrian Almos. So I, I want to present it to you guys. If you had to choose right now in this position, who are you taking? Uh, who is the guy you trust the most? Who do you think is going to be the one that is more successful for the Chiefs? I'm gonna go with uh, Landon Collins. Uh, I think that's that's my pick. Uh, he's what made it uh, three times to the Pro Bowl. He's he's been one one time All Pro. I mean, he's only missed what five games in his career. He's had what eight career interceptions. I mean, right. He he's young. He's still young. I mean, he has been in the IR, but I think that would be the best option for the Chiefs at the moment as a stance as the. That's my opinion. Yeah, like I mentioned before, it's for me. It's simple. It's I don't want to overthink it. He had his best years, his best time, his best statistical seasons with Spags. Spag wants Spags wants him here. Uh, he would come in immediately and fit his system, be his his center, one of the centerpieces of the defense. You know, outside of like Chris Jones, but the guy you know back there, maybe being the captain of the back. You know, but I think that's it's simple, man. You, you go into the system that you are the most comfortable with. And I want that on my team. I don't yeah. want a guy to come in that we don't know fits Spags' system. And I want the guy that would pay a little extra and get the guy that Spags wants and is comfortable with. I was so. reading up a little bit on on his uh, weaknesses, and when I say he, I'm talking about Landon Collins. Mm. Uh, some of the concerns that that coaches have had 
uh, league wide is is something that Chiefs fans are kind of all too familiar with, mm-hmm. and that's guarding the tight end. Uh, Eric Berry has been notorious against guys like Gronkowski and and um, and Antonio Gates of having issues, uh, yeah. mostly of late within Gronkowski because he's actually played well at times against Gronkowski and his career to his defense, mm-hmm. but. Against guys like Antonio Gates and other great tight ends, we've seen that problem with Eric Berry. Mm-hmm. And when that becomes another problem for a guy like Landon Collins, so you're going to spend money, big money again, similar, nine to ten million a year. Type of guy, yeah. You know, is that something that you guys would be concerned with? Because for me, that is a that's a glaring concern. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that Landon Collins, you sign him day one, he is automatically a, a, an immediate upgrade to what you have currently. But is it because more of Eric Berry's injury or ability? Because personally, I think if Eric Berry is healthy. He's still the best safety in football. It's the, it's the injury that gives me all the pause and why I want him off the team because I think he's broken. I think he's broken mentally, yeah. spiritually, and emotionally. That's what I was going to say. And I physically, know, obviously. I don't know what's going on in his head, man. Yeah. I don't know. I know he got paid. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't ever want to like question his character because he's been a great character guy most of his career. Right. Um, but yeah, man, is it is it the can do? Is it is it he is he losing that fire after he got that big you know paycheck? I don't like I said, I've loved the guy since he's been here, but it has drastically changed this past season. Um, you know, my energy towards him. So I mean, yeah, that coming in with him being a similar player, Eric Berry, you know, being more of a, a crushing hitter instead of like a coverage guy, <clears throat> that is a problem. But I think I think we have guys, you know, like Lucas. Um, that can are better coverage guys that can kind of like implement and maybe okay. do a two safety scheme or they can come in and help with the coverage, you know, maybe blanket it a little more and let him be the guy that gets in their own blitz, blitz packages. And uh, I think there's a way we can work that out. So, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a risk regardless because the safety is such yeah. a weird position to gauge because you spend big money on it and it can really benefit your, because if you look at it, most Super Bowl teams yeah. have an all pro safety. Uh, you look well, at the, usually good at one thing or the other. Not not a lot of – Earl Thomas is one of the few that can play good coverage and knock you out. He's one of those few guys that can kind of do the – you know, prime Eric Berry, mm-hmm. yeah, he did that for a little while. But there's not a lot of safeties that are great at both. Or That's why Earl Thomas is one of those, you know, versatile – but usually like Landon Collins, he's that cracker. He's going to catch you. If, you. if you are in the open field, he hits you, it's going to hurt. Yeah. But he's not the kind of guy that's going to lock you down, cover you. So like I said it's – it's kind of a one-way street when you pick a guy. They have a strength here, but they're a little weaker on one side. So. And that's and that's and I'm going to play devil's advocate a little yeah. bit for those that don't want to see the Chiefs big, big spend big money on safety. Is uh, the fact yeah. of, of the toll on the body, right? You know, you give a guy a five-year deal, and you're talking, you know, if you're giving him fifty million dollars, at least thirty of that's going to be guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You're talking the first three years, you're going to be cap strapped to that guy. Do you want to give that type of player at that type of position that kind of money because? Obviously, in a perfect world scenario, you'd be able to draft a stud and you know use him for four years in that fifth year option. You could decide, do I want to keep this guy or not? That's that's a, that's a perfect world scenario. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen every year. Um, the good thing is this def- this this uh, current draft, based on what we've been told, now you can't ever you know put you know bet the farm on it. But they have said that this is a very defensive heavy draft. Mm-hmm. So if the Chiefs want to bet on their luck, they can say, you know, we're not spending big money. We're going to go get a ha ha Clinton Dix. You know, get him on a one-year, three million dollar deal, and then go and get our guy for the future afterward. Then you're talking about you know building for the future and currently constructed, as opposed to signing a guy like Landon Collins with his IR concerns with a five-year deal that's going to, like I said, be a substantial amount of money. Yeah. So there's a lot of avenues the Chiefs can go down. I just want to know from you guys: Do you believe that spending big money in free agency, as opposed to drafting a guy that could potentially become that stud on a cheap? 
would be the better routes? Do you believe that going Landon Collins is the better way to go? Or going Adrian Amos? Or going Tyron Matthew if he's still available? I mean, Earl Thomas. Are those the better routes to go for this team? I think so, yes, because you can't you can't just expect and assume a stud is going to come out of the draft. You, you need to win now. You can't just go to the draft and expect this guy to come out and come to his prime in two to three years when you need to win now. I think the best option for the Chiefs is to actually go and spend big money, sign somebody, and you know try and try the best to get to that Super Bowl. We can't we can't sit here and wait three years for somebody to come up and you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it kind of it's all to each man. On uh, if he thinks the window's right now, then you I think you should go get a big name, a proven commodity. Um, you know, go get go get an Earl Thomas, even if he is pricey, or go get a Landon Collins or one of these big names. I mean, we've seen a lot of teams go all in, um, you know, like the Atlanta Falcons and then uh, the Rams recently go on, on big names, you know, and it hasn't worked out for them. I mean, yeah, the Rams went to the Super Bowl, but they didn't, you know, obviously take it down. I think I think we should go for the win right now because if we go for the win right now, we have time to still build upon that because we have Pat for years to come. But and then again, at the same time, I think that we could go the more moderate route, try to go, you know, get guys in rookie contracts, find good developmental talent in the draft and, and build upon that and maybe still win a Super Bowl, even with on the back or the hand of Pat Mahomes. Um, but I, for me, I want, I want, I and I, what I think is going to happen. I think beach is going to continue to do what he's done is be aggressive, be trade happy, you know, cycle in names, get some, you know, studs with some, you know, scrubby kind of guys, but that fit the system that kind of just do their job. And one thing that they do, you know, make a tackle here and there. Um, but I think, I think we will be aggressive. I, I think beach is going to be, He's already kind of made that kind of known. So well, I agree with you 100% because that's something that I wanted to touch on a little bit too is um, the, the trade value of current veterans the Chiefs are shopping and Veach's mindset. Right. Um, because this is 2019 without question is going to be an all-in all in year for the Chiefs. They do know that, and we've talked about on this show several times in this, this first month of it, mm-hmm. that we do know Patrick Mahomes is going to get paid substantial amount of money, a record-setting amount of money. Right. So they're going to have to start getting creative after this season on how they're going to be able to spend and how they're going to be able to build a championship team around him. This is the perfect time for the Chiefs to go out there and spend big money. So if it's my vote, I do say you go and get Landon Collins. I do say you get Adrian Amos. I do say you go and get these types of guys that can immediately be plugged into a system that become an automatic contributor to what you're trying to do, which is what? Just get simply better on defense. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be an elite defense. Middle of the pack, man. That's uh, all we need. Obviously, you want to be an elite Not defense. Dead last. Yeah, obviously, you want to <laughs> be an elite defense. You yeah. want to be a team, a, a top 10 defense. Can that happen? Yes. Will it happen? Probably not. So just get better. Right. Just get better. Don't be the worst. Don't be 30, 31st, 32nd in defense. And that's what that's something I wanted to talk about because you know, everyone is so against, and I've heard I'm talking from, from local radio to even national guys to just the common fan. I've heard so many people over the last week mm-hmm. since the Justin Houston and 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 D Ford uh, speculation has emerged. So many people have talked about how they cannot trade these guys or how they can't get rid of these guys. Here's the problem, guys. Mm-hmm. Here's yeah. the problem I have with that. They were still 31st in defense. Right. Yes, we led the league in sacks. We were tied with and for the league for the league lead in sacks. Yeah. Yet we were still 31st in defense. So these guys are still very replaceable. It's the system that needed to change. That's why they got rid of Bob Sutton finally. That's why they went and got Spagnuolo and changed it to a 4-3 scheme. So it's more about the system than the players that needed to change. The players are replaceable. You can replace Justin Houston. You can replace D Ford. Is your defense going to be good with those guys? Yes. But it's also been bad with them. 
So I feel like you need to get Spags' guys in there. Exactly. Do these guys fit it? Yep. Maybe. We don't know that. I would much rather you give him the platform. You would give him the opportunity to go get his men, mm -hmm. to go get his players, whether it's in the draft or in free agency, that will give him as much confidence as possible to coordinate his defense as planned. So for me, I'm all 100% in support of trading D Ford. Yeah. And, and, and if you can get anything for Justin Houston, obviously you take it. If not, you got to cut him. You cannot allow him to have a $21 million cap hit on the books. You have to be able to let go of that, save you some money, go and get your guys, whether it's Trey Flowers, whether it's any of these guys out there that's available, whoever Spagnuolo is in – whether I have complete confidence in what Spagnuolo can or can't do, that's regard, that, that's irrelevant because i got to give him his opportunity to prove me wrong. Well, he's proven it already. The guy's a Super Bowl winning coach. So, you know, the guy's done it. He's, had, he's, he's coached – I mean, he's had some bad defenses – but a lot of good coaches have had bad teams and bad defense and bad offenses. We've seen Bill Belichick be fired from the damn Browns and then go be the, on the be the greatest coach of all time. So it doesn't. Yes, I want Spags to be as comfortable as possible near one. I want Patrick Mahomes to be as comfortable as possible, and not have to worry about having to carry the damn team every damn game and have to go on to do a game winning drive every damn. That's stressful as hell, man. Throughout the season, so. Let the kid be as unstressed as possible. Yeah. Let the new coach be as unstressed as possible in his first season with us. Let him go get his guy, whether you got to spend a little. I'm all in on letting D Ford get, get rid of D Ford, even if it's like a second round pick. Yeah. I'm, I, well, I'm going to talk about that in a second as well, because I did some, I did some searching on the market value of a guy like D Ford. Right. Um, According to Adam Schefter and, and uh, Ian Rappaport, he's obviously been officially tagged. Not officially, but he will be officially tagged come March 13th, the beginning of the, of the new calendar year for the NFL. According to SpotTrack.com, as it currently constructs, uh, he, his, his market value is five years, $81.8 million, according to his position. Uh, they came up with this estimation of by evaluating and comparing to comparable players of his market value, like Vaughn Miller, Mel, Melvin Ingram, Olivia Vernon, who got signed today, and Khalil Mack. Now, based off his last two seasons, that estimation shoots up to a five-year, $97.8 million deal. And obviously, the Chiefs are not going to pay him that. No. Uh, they're gonna, they, they would much rather let him walk, but that even makes less sense as well. So trading him is the inevitable in my eyes. Yeah, I think that, that has to happen yeah, now. Someone's going to gonna want him. Yes. The Packers, you know. Oh, there is teams out there that absolutely. want him. He, he's a great player, you know what I mean? He does fight injuries a lot, but... What he's shown in the last two seasons, I mean, he, yeah. he's shown a great potential. I would, I would love to get a first-round pick for him or like a second round and, a, and, a, and like a mid-tier player. I don't know if that would be a, too much for him. Uh, there might be a team desperate, like you know, like a Jets team or somebody that needs a good edge rusher, you know, that's willing to give up. Dude, we've seen it numerous times. Look at these quarterbacks, these trash quarterbacks that are getting dealt around there making crazy money. Yeah. Teams are desperate, man. Well, so. the Khalil see the Khalil Mack trade is what got me. Because I, I went back and looked right. at it just to make sure I knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> the Khalil Mack trade brought the Raiders two first round picks and, and one in 2019 and one in 2020, plus a sixth round in 2019, which is a throwaway pick. For me, I would have done it. I'm gonna be real with you guys. If I if I'm the Chiefs, you know what I'm asking for in D Ford? A first and a fourth. Ooh. The reason why is this. He is a top five player in his position. He is 27 years old, and he has he has never once shown that he's going to hold out. Khalil Mack did, he's, and they still got two first-round picks out of him. Yeah. He did not report to the Raiders. Now, you could say that was more of an indictment on the Raiders, but D. Ford has played ball literally and figuratively when it comes to this whole uh, situation. There's yeah. been no drama whatsoever. He said he's okay with the franchise tag. Yeah. So that means if he was to get traded – 
he would agree to a, a team-friendly deal, or even if at worst, we're talking, like I said, a five-year $81.8 million deal this guy could get. And you're talking 40-some million dollars guaranteed he would automatically have at 28 years old starting the new season. So I, for me, if you're able to get two first-round picks and a six-round pick out of Khalil Mack, who is clearly the better player, you drop that value down just a little bit. I'm asking still for a first and a fourth. I think that's more than well, fair. And for a guy that had a better year than Khalil Mack did this year. That's very true. More well. pressures Khalil and Mack sacks. Had, what, Khalil having 12 and a half sacks. I think he had more pressures and sacks yeah. than Khalil Mack. So, yeah. I mean. And if you look at, like, okay, everybody's like, okay, what about the free agent market? Well, let's look at it for a second. You're talking about a 30-year-old KG, KJ Wright from Seattle mm. who missed 11 games last season. I think he had 23 total tackles last year. Yeah. Then you have Zadarius Smith out of Baltimore, who's 26 years old. Packers and Colts look like they're going to do a bidding war on him because mm. he's an absolute stud, and I think that they're, both those teams would gladly sign him. So the Chiefs have a few options for them to go with. Now, I think the Browns are going to be a little bit out of this one, even though there's the Dorsey connection. Uh, but you look at the Bills, the 49ers, the Colts, the Texans. Um, you look at these guys with their picks. Now, obviously, OBJ is going to kind of set the market as far as free agents are concerned because of the fact he's going to demand big money. But the Bills have nine picks. Their biggest needs are a wide receiver, offensive tackle, defensive tackle, and pass rush. Pass rush. D Ford. Right. And obviously with this whole Antonio Brown debacle, they're going to have to you know reconfigure how they can sell this to their fan base. I mean, we already had that trade uh, to get Patrick Mahomes with the Bills. So yes, right. there is well, – that's what, that's, what, that's what makes me think too. Like, okay, There's say, a relationship there. Exactly. Let's say we trade D Ford to get like you know a second and a third. Yeah. Would you take that? Because that would give us three second round picks. I would, you I would know Veach would trade two of those second round picks to move up in the top oh, five. Oh, I would take that. I would take that Why automatically. Not? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Put us up in the top five, top ten picks. Go get an elite defender, elite uh, linebacker maybe, you know, opposite Hitchens or another, you know, elite edge rusher, obviously. You know, but I mean, I know it's it, unproven commodities coming out well, of the draft, but still. I mean, see, this is, the, this is the controversial thing about the whole D4 trade. Mm -hmm. Like we said, it's inevitable. It needs to happen. Yeah. But the two best suitors that I've seen – are two teams that are be competing for an AFC championship against the Chiefs for years to come. Bring it on, man. The Colts and the Texans. Ooh. They don't got the X Factor we got, though. I, I, I understand, but, but hear me out here. The Colts have nine picks. Three picks from 26 to 59. So those are valuable, very valuable picks. Even if they gave the Chiefs the 26th overall pick, they'd still have an early second-round pick at 34. Yeah. So that's basically a first-round pick. So they can they can afford to give that up, and they desperately need pass yeah. rush. I can, see, I can see Chris Ballard making that move too. He's a hell of a GM, man. Yeah, and then the Texans have seven picks, including a first and two second rounders. Would they be willing to give up those picks or a couple of those picks to stockpile an already amazing pass rush with JJ Watt, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Merciless, and Jadavian Clowney? They did franchise tag him, so he will be there unless they're planning on trading him as well. So you have arguably the best pass rush in football. And in the AFC, would the Chiefs be willing to work with teams like that if they were able to get value like that, even though it is making your competition, your direct competition, better? But our team is desperate enough to uh, give that first round pick. Are they yeah. desperate enough? I think the Colts are. I think the Colts are because they know that Andrew Luck is going to be 30 years old, or he is 30 years old, rather. Yep. They don't know how long his health is going to sustain. It took him a year, almost two years, to finally get back. And he was amazing this year. Yeah. But we don't know how long Andrew Luck is going to be. So they have to capitalize now. They know Patrick Mahomes is the man. So they have to try to they win right now. Probably possibly the best offensive line in the league. He's well protected. He barely gets hit. He's an elite quarterback. And they already had a good defense. They didn't have any lot of big names besides Leonard, who I think was an absolute stud this year. I think led the league in sacks, or not sacks, and tackles. Um, but yeah, I think that's a team that definitely, and Chris Ballard is, like I said, he's a sneaky, great 
a GM right now. And he's he's one of those guys I think that would be aggressive someone to Veach. And I think I think that's a move that Veach would agree to. Yeah. You know, so it just it, it, again, it's very controversial because you're like you say, yeah. you're talking about the direct competition for the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it's almost hypocritical because it's an all-in year. And you're trying to build this team to be its best, you know, and and not help your competition at all. Giving D four to your direct competition would make them better automatically, and it would motivate him to play at his best because he'd probably be fighting for a new contract. He would like to prove himself that he was valuable to the team that just gave up on him. In in essence, but the Chiefs, like I said, the draft picks are what's important to me because, like I said, they have the first, they have two second rounders right now. If you could stockpile a couple firsts. Or three seconds, yeah. you have yourself an opportunity to trade up, get the guy you really want, and that's something Veach has been very adamant about: is being aggressive in the draft, being aggressive with trading for players. This is something that we definitely need to touch on a little bit more on the show tonight, as far as Veach's mindset, what it's going to be. Because for all we know, by the time this show's over with, he's already made some moves. One plus two, <laughs> devil's advocate here. Say we don't make a move with with D Ford. I'm actually, I'm still okay with keeping him here because with elite Ed rushers. Oh, you really have one job. It doesn't really matter what scheme you're in. Hit the damn quarterback. He can do that at an elite level as long as he's healthy. So say he, you know, he sticks around. Just have him doing that, what he's always done. Scheme doesn't really matter for a lot of edge rushers. Just just get pressure, hit the quarterback. Yep. And we can do that keeping him around. So We can go on this all night long. We are here in the KC Beard Co. Studios. I'm with my guys, Eddie Ortiz and Trevor Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. We got a special guest coming up, guys. Joe Brines, owner of Commandeer Brand. Going to talk a little bit about his apparel company, what started it. And we're going to talk a little Royals and some Chiefs as well with Joe. So we'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed clothing and accessories with a countercultural apparel. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer Brand on Instagram or Facebook. We are back. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here with Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell. How's it going, everybody? Guys, we have a very special guest. Um, we've, we've been promoting it all week. Um, this is a good friend of mine. Uh, this is a guy that I, I trust with, uh, well, not not everything, but I trust him with some things. Uh, Choose your words <laughs> carefully now. Uh, I don't think about that. I, I moonwalked on that one for sure. But, uh, no, Smart. We, we have our guy, Joe Bryans, here. Uh, first of all, thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, uh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, obviously you're a big, uh, uh, Chiefs fan, Royals fan. You're just a fan of name sports. Yeah. yeah. You name it. You, Kansas you City. follow it. And we, you know, I actually talked a couple months ago, uh, we were at modern man supply company for our, you know, cause obviously I own Casey beard co as well. And you and I, you know, we do I was a lot aware of work of together. <laughs> Breaking news, obviously. <laughs> um, we, we were talking at that, at, at our little event we had, and, and, and I was mentioning to you that I was going to start a podcast and your eyes lit up. You were like, man, I got it. And I want to, I want to do something with you, man. That sounds Absolutely. fun. And I called your bluff. I was like, let's let's get you on, man. Let's get you to talk some sports. And obviously, that's what we're going to get to. Then I immediately canceled on you. <laughs> right. You stood me up. <laughs> so we're here, man. And 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 I want to get just first of all, I want you to give the, the listening audience just an insight of, of your company. It's Commandeer Brand. That's right. Commandeer, Commandeer Brand. Uh, you, it's you, not I'll, Commander. It's not let's Commander. Let's just get that out there. So first extra thing. E. <laughs> The extra E. Yeah. E is so, an extra. We as a nation learn to say Chipotle. I think we can learn to say commandeer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I we still can... hear people say Chipotle. <laughs> yeah. I still remember say Chipotle's. All right. I shouldn't I, have that much yeah, faith Chipotle's. in this. But... I heard the 50 plus white people. They're like, oh, you got to go to Chipotle? <laughs> That's probably my grandma too, but we can do commandeer. Uh, but yeah, I uh, it's 
what do we have? Three hours for me to explain this you, fully? You, you take all the time <laughs> you need, my dude. Like I, I want you, what I said, what I want you to do is I, I give the people an idea of what made you start it. What, what, right. what was it that inspired you? Uh, what keeps you going and how much fun are you having in the meantime, dude, when it comes to this brand, because you guys are blowing up. There's no question about it. You guys are blowing up. It's been, it's been so much fun to see how much your company's grown since I've gotten to know you. Um, and, and where it's taken off, it's just, it's, it's great to see. And it's oh, because you. it's because of your guys' authenticity. You don't, you don't try to be like everyone else. There's a lot of copy and paste companies out there, but I see that you guys want to, you know, create your own path. And so I just give the people, you know, take the, take the time, you know, give them what you got. Thank man. you. Uh, thank you. First off for saying that, uh, I think you just spoke to it right there. Uh, we want to be authentic. We do want to create our own path. So that's, that's in a nutshell, that's what it is. But, um, the origins of it. So I love Kansas city. I love sports. I love this town. Um, everybody got caught up 2014, 2015, you know, uh, the city was on fire. Uh, the, I love Kansas city movement, man. It really was like nothing else. Uh, you know, tons of companies were started just around that movement and, and it had to do with sports. You know, the Royals were blowing up. Uh, nobody expected it. And this city, you know, was like nothing that I've seen before. So I would say it started then. Um, just looking around, you know, I, I think there's a ton of great brands out there. I think there's a ton of good apparel brands that are that are putting out great stuff all the time. Uh, but I just I didn't see anything that spoke to me directly. Uh, I was wearing apparel, of course, because I love the city. Um, you know, I support my teams. So I, I was wearing whatever was being put out. Uh, and proudly, but you know, um, I, uh, played in a metal band for five years. I was a vocalist. So, uh, let's say I, and I love kind of underground type music, whatever genre it is. Um, so, so I didn't quite see anything that was in that vein, you know, that, that had more of an alternative feel to it. So, uh, a counterculture type approach is what I say. So, um, if you don't see it, make it. So, Basically, I, I just set out to to make something that that has a different look to it, a different feel. Um, you know, it's Kansas City, Kansas City Sports, um, Kansas City in general. Um, but we do offer things that that are outside that as well. Uh, we have some leather goods now. Um, you know, a bunch of different things that that kind of have that feel to it, uh, a, a unique alternative feel to it. Um, and besides that, um, I just I think that uh, people are out there looking for something that they haven't seen before, and and I was trying to to provide that. So you're you're sitting there, you got your koozie. Uh, it says Kansas fucking city on that's it. Right, so dude, yeah. Uh, that's one of our uh, designs. Um, you may have seen that around town. You know, it, it's a little crass or whatever. Yeah. Something that other companies aren't going to put out. Eye, maybe yeah, it catches yeah. the eye. I would say. Bit. Um, you're going to see some skulls on some things, you know, uh, uh, it's just me. This yeah. company is just me. Um, so it allows me to be a little more free. I get to put some stuff out that, you know, maybe other people don't get to take the chances to put out. So, you know, that's why I struggle to explain it because it's me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, that's, that's great, man. Uh, we're here at the Casey Beardco studios. We have uh, Joe Bryan's owner of common deer brand. Uh, he is in the modern man supply company guest seat. And, um, you know, as far as the pirate thing is concerned, <laughs> no, it's, it's great because I, I, you know, awesome, in Kansas city, 
I don't feel like we get enough of that, you know, like as far as like, quote unquote, the coast. You mean there's not things. as many pirates in the middle of the country? Exactly. Yeah. That's you know, weird. The ships have right. a hard time getting here. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. 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 But I, I want you to give, because obviously you're from here, you know, you're, you're Absolutely. not, you're not you know, we're all Kansas. Lawrence, natives Kansas, yes, born and raised. Yeah, we're all Kansas mm-hmm. natives here. And I, I want to get an idea of what inspired you to go that route, because obviously you're, you're very big into that culture. Yeah. When you say counterculture, what got you into that? Because you said it, oh, you didn't boy. identify with some other companies. But what is it that made you go this particular direction? So um, the pirate thing, uh, boy, uh, again, we got three hours, right? So <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> but um, it, it's it's more of the the feel. It's um, it's they're anti-establishment. You know, uh, they think differently. Uh, they they looked at at the world and said, no, that's not for me. Um, and they they carved their own path essentially. So it's that. Um, it's my love of travel. Um, I love being in Kansas City, obviously. I love being from here, and I love seeing everything else outside this world. Uh, when I was 21, I got the chance to go outside the country for the first time and be on the ocean and uh, the Caribbean, and it just blew me away. So, you know, and I've I've been able, I've been fortunate enough to go to Europe and see a bunch of different countries, and so. That's what it speaks to for me is is freedom. Adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Adventure, freedom. Um, just I don't know, kind of carving your own path, like I said. I like it, man. I like it a lot. And and that's like I said, the I, I think if I remember correctly, we had I had messaged you about doing some sort of collaborative work. Mm-hmm. And then we sent you, I think, a t shirt, had you you know, send us back a right. photo of it kind of gave you the cross promotion because that's something we're very big on is making sure we're cross promoting local brands. And Same. Um, yeah, Absolutely. And, and that's, that's why we attach so well. I think so, so quickly is that we shared the same vision as far as local uh, brand of business owners. We wanted to make sure that we had, uh, cause there's a lot of people out there that talk like they are. And then, and then when a push comes to shove, they're really not. Right. And, and that we've, you know, we've had our experience of people like that and, yeah. it, and it's a real, it's turnoff. unfortunate. Man. Yeah. It's a real turnoff, man. I'll be honest. And yeah. so, yeah, and so it's it's very frustrating and, and it's very refreshing at the same time when you meet the folks that back up their words with their actions. And so that's what I really respect it about you, man. And, and and let's not forget Rachel, obviously. I know she's been yeah. – uh, your your wife has been very, mm. very supportive in this entire thing. Your kids Shout are out. Awesome. Shout yeah. out, Rachel. Shout out to Rachel. <laughs> Definitely listen to this podcast. Now she has a reason to listen to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. If she's made it this long. That's what makes like, like your brand and stuff like that, this city so special. Like smaller cities like this compared to like, you know, LA, New York, and all these big, you know, Chicago, you don't see a lot of like local people joining forces or, you know, mm-hmm. communities like that. That's why I love this city Absolutely. so much. Is, I mean, yeah, it doesn't have a lot of the perks that other big cities have, or, you know, a lot of the audience and, you know, the showtime things and, you know, big events a lot as much as those bigger cities. But I prefer this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, well, it's more of a tight knit group. We're it's, a big, you know, small town. It's more authentic, <laughs> man. It's not fake love. It's, you know, and that's why I like you know, your brand and Lance's brand and, you know, these Thank local you. brands that I get, you know, that I personally own things of. And it's just, you know, it, it carries that, that same culture in it, you know, and it's been getting noticed, you know, even outside of here, but. Oh, I appreciate yeah, that, man. I, I really, yeah. Sure. Thank you. I, I didn't, Set out to change the world or anything, just make something I like. But well, you, are, you know, this. Man. Thank you. Oh, you're right. <laughs> that means a lot. No, but uh, just Dude, kidding. Yeah, right. right. We're gonna have to take a five. Right. <laughs> the tears came earlier, and I thought. Um, but no, getting to meet people like you. Yeah. There, this is how we met, and I wouldn't have gotten to know 
all right, here now the tears do come, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) But getting to know you, (laughs) all right, I got to get through this point. (laughs) Getting to know you and other people like you, um, shout out. Uh, Obviously, I already knew Tara from Whiskey and Bone, but there's shout out, friend of the show. You know, there's so many people that inspired me um, to get started and 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 to continue to promote each other. I think it's so important, uh, especially people, like you said, that are genuine, Uh, even though we are a small town, you know, you do run into some occasional issues. We're a small town, but something that Josh at Modern Man Supply Company said that was so perfect and it's so simple is we're a small town, but there's room for everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's a uniqueness that we all can bring to the table. And Absolutely. It, regardless of whether we're a small town or not, we're, we are a small town in comparison to LA, New York, like Trevor right, alluded right. to. But when it comes to, you know, the creativity, you can't put a price tag on it because we kind of have this, this, this uh, mixture of everything in between. Yeah. We're literally in between all of it when it comes to culture, when it comes to styles, when it comes to trends. Kansas City is kind of caught in between it, and it's kind of a beautiful thing. Oh, yes. Now, give, absolutely, give the people a short little uh, tidbit on the new, uh, uh, the new shirt, the the, the Saint Patty, Saint Patrick. This thing has been the rage, oh, man. It's been nice, the rage. Man. Give, give Thank people, you. Awesome. Give people a little bit about um, that, man. Man, I I didn't even expect this to be honest. So, um, obviously, Mahomes fever, right? Uh, so basically, well, <clears throat> for legality reasons, maybe uh, the quarterback <laughs> of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, no, still too much. But uh, no, he uh, obviously came in, lit the league on fire. Uh, he might have lit Lance Twidwell's heart on fire as Bro, well. Bro, that thing's a place to this. Yeah. yeah. Oh. His panties yeah, too. No so I had to come in here with a, a St. Patrick's shirt. Fire extinguishers. <laughs> exclusively <laughs> for Lance. Put it out. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's several of these shirts running around. Uh, it's not necessarily an entirely unique concept, to be honest. But um, so ours happens to have the head of a certain quarterback on the body <laughs> of a certain old uh, saint. This is very smooth, by the way. You're, you're totally thank like, you. So disrespectful. How do you here? So let me show you a picture. Um, that'll be a lot easier. <laughs> But uh, no, I just uh, that's that's kind of the other thing we do is just a little yeah, twist on what other people might have done. I don't know. You know, that type of thing. Just a, a creative little twist on it. So gotcha. So give the people your contact information, social media, your website. Absolutely. Let, let them know how, the, how they can find you. Uh, first and foremost, Instagram. Uh, that's just the easiest way for me to, you know, uh, explain who we are and for you to follow along. So that's. Uh, commandeer brand on Instagram, uh, Facebook as well. Uh, we do have a Twitter, but you know, I still haven't figured that entirely out. So, uh, Twitter's for the savages. Bro. Yeah, I bet <laughs> I, I can tell. So <laughs> I should be into it, but, uh, that's where we go to say all of our dark thoughts. You know? that's, that's the place that you just, you're not proud right. of. Like you just go and say the things you need to get off. It's the Twitter, yeah. Twitter sphere. Man. So, so commandeer doesn't need to be there as much. You know? uh, let's, just, let's just be yeah. honest. Here. You know, you sell your brand. In we a do pictures. Manner. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Facebook is that Facebook and Instagram are definitely yeah. the, the community. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, guys, I, we don't, we don't follow a ton of people on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and I always look forward to, because, uh, Joe always has these really high quality photos. So if you're just looking to follow somebody on Instagram, just to see cool photos and then kind of get inspired. Maybe if you're trying to start your own business, whether it, even if it isn't apparel, a couple of nudes here and there. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. throw a couple of those Absolutely. out there, selfies mm-hmm. and stuff, yeah. you know, just, you know, really risque. Yes. No, but uh, I would definitely recommend you follow them just for the inspiration factor, because I'll be honest, like, we, you know, this is year five for Casey Beardco, but 
you know, it's always nice to like get inspired from your or your fellow band and, and your fellow, you know, we call our, the brand of brothers. Uh -huh, we call ourselves, right. You know, um, it's always good to get that inspiration, even though our companies are different completely different. It's always nice to see the way you guys do things because you've introduced me to new people. Uh, you know, I feel Absolutely. like, you know, we, we get to bring you onto this, you know, it's nice to have that, you know, because I, I get bored sometimes with my own mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get bored with my own ideas. So when I see other people go their route or try new things, it, it makes me feel like I need to step it up a little bit. And, oh, kinda, and likewise, yeah. sir, like, I mean, you have to be inspired, you know, cause we all get stale. We get stagnant. You have to see somebody else doing it. And I said, I'm a one man show, but that's not correct at all. Um, it's everybody. Uh, so that Instagram page is full of models and photographers that, you know, um, to be honest, we, we started out small and, and they just believed in something and, and decided to help out. Um, so I can't thank all of them enough, too many names to list, but you know, uh, that's what it's about too. It's a community within it's within a community. Absolutely, man. Sure. Well, I'm really glad we got a chance to talk about that a lot. Uh, we're going to get into sports as well. But we're actually going to take a break on this one, so that way we have a full segment to really get into this. So we want I want some uh, thoughts on because uh, Joe is a bit is a big time baseball fan, in particular a Royals fan. Just want to get some of his ideas, some of his takes on on the current con, uh, construction or the the structure of the of the Royals team, and talk a little bit about Chiefs, maybe rehash on some of the other topics we had already touched on to kind of get Joe's thoughts on them as well. Uh, we are here at the Casey Beardco Studios, Joe Brines of Commandeer, uh, at the uh, the Modern Man Supply Company guest seat. We will be back after these messages. Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we are back for the third segment of the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell, here with my guy, Eddie Ortiz, yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell. What's going on? And our special, special guest. Uh, in the in the Modern Man Supply Company guest seat, uh, Joe Brines, owner of Commandeer, and your uh, run of the mill Royals fan, Chiefs fan. Run well, of so. the mill. Thank uh, you for the. <laughs> I just feel like glowing I, introduction. I feel like average I'm, boring yeah. Royals fan. Yeah. My <laughs> name is Joe. You don't have to belabor yeah. the point. You got to throw out the government out there. Yeah. <laughs> What's baseball? He's just here. <laughs> I feel like I've been blowing enough smoke up your ass. I got to like mix it up a little bit. Right. You know. Thanks. <laughs> so thoroughly brought down to earth. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're a month into this show and we have not talked about well we talked about baseball a little bit with Bryce Harper and yeah, Eddie giving that. him a, giving take, him the L even though he just made 330 sure. million. Well, but I, I'll help him with I, that one if he needs it. He needed that L after say DC, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you can't, you can't go to part, Philly yeah. and say DC. Uh, that's so. that's fair point. But we have not touched on the Royals at all and most of it's intentional. Gee, why? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It, it's so crazy to think about so why we wouldn't be talking it. about such a stellar roster right now, but there are things to talk about, and that's Absolutely. why I really wanted Joe to come on the show because, um, you know, you you do follow baseball, and and it's and it's I've been known to you've been known to yeah, and and I know your son is a Harvey's a big fan of of baseball. No, he's the biggest. Fan. He's the biggest fan. When <laughs> Slugger came to his birthday party, yeah. that, that that video melted my heart. The that was kid amazing. Is three and uh, yeah, there's no bigger Royals fan. I'm yeah. certain of that. So obviously, <laughs> for for his purposes, you got to stay attached yeah. to the team, <laughs> right? I so better know. You have a responsibility. He'll call me on it. And Harvey's listening right now. I, I guarantee when this post, Probably Harvey's gonna be listening. So. so you better you better bring your A game here. But <laughs> I'll try. The the biggest story, without question, and it's 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 bigger than anything we expected as far as going into the season is obviously. Uh, Salvador Perez, the catcher, the, the heart of this, this team for so many years now going on the shelf, he's going to, his UCL was injured. He's going to have to have Tommy John surgery. If he hasn't already, uh, he's going to miss the entire 2019 campaign. 
Uh, this is beyond bad because not only it, it's just like the salt on the wound because we all knew the Royals at best were going to be maybe a 70 win team this year. You know, they, they, maybe, maybe they make some moves and they get hot, but more than likely we all knew this was not obviously going to be a playoff team. They're building for the future. And Salvador was that, that like kind of that sweetness to the bitterness. You know what I mean? He sure. was that guy that everyone still loved and enjoyed and come to the ballpark to go see him, maybe do a Salvi splash. splash. Exactly. Sure. So with now this news, Joe, React to the situation. React to, to, to how shitty this is, if we're just being honest here. And, and give us an idea of how... Cry now? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we obviously <laughs> shed tears in the first segment. Yes. Go ahead and shed him again. Be, get yeah. it out of the way. If we I got have some, any left. We got some puffs. Uh, I can get you. Uh, but, sure, sure. You know, just give us your thoughts on the situation. How the, how the Royals can salvage this wow. situation. That was pretty good. I, I, this I, is I, the I, fourth I, episode, <laughs> just so you know. He's doing I'm those saying, already. Yeah, I'm, I'm bowing as we speak. Um, no, I refuse to react to that. No, um, so obviously a huge bummer. I mean, you can't sugarcoat this anyway, but you ready for me to? Let's hear it. Let's do the uh, royal blue glasses lie to myself thing. No, no, I mean, not really. <laughs> I, I honestly, so you said 70 wins, right? Something like that. I had almost talked myself into this team flirting with 500. Now, really? that's crazy. That's probably crazy. It is. Uh, because, yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I need to hear that. <laughs> no, no problem. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> but, uh, you know, their September was awesome now. What does September mean in baseball? Maybe nothing. But um, I, was, I was talking myself into, you know, allowing them to flirt with 500. But this this news takes it seven wins at least. I don't I don't believe in war necessarily or understand it. That's probably more it. But uh, I I think so. I'm gonna end up I'm I'm jumping the gun on the predictions. But it's almost seven wins less. Um, so but here's here's maybe a silver lining. Okay, so you have one less year of wear and tear on Salvi's legs and knees. Now, that's what really matters, to be honest. Now, he controls the running game with his arm, obviously. And, and that's basically his best quality as a catcher. But um, he needs his legs <laughs> and knees, obviously, to catch. Yeah. Um, so one less year of that, and maybe he comes back and, and they decide, all right, it's time for him to move to first base, at least part-time. So maybe they decide, okay, now is the time we, we make that move, which I think was inevitable anyways. Um, so there's that. You know, at least maybe then, you know, long term, he's technically healthier for having gotten injured. Now, all right, Trevor, say you're crazy. You're, you're crazy. Okay, thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I actually – I think that makes a lot of sense, and I've actually heard that theory uh, one other time. Uh, before the show uh, this week where someone was trying to, to kind of paint it that way. And I actually, I actually agree with that. Like, it's kind of like a, you know, you might save him because this is essentially a wasted season yeah. for veterans like him. And my question though, for him down the road, even though he is only 28 years old mm-hmm. um, and most he people is? think that yeah, right. he's been around forever. <laughs> it seems um, my thing though, is I wonder how, where he fits for the long term right. for Royals because most of the guys that are on this team as of now probably won't be on the team in four to five years. So, and that goes without saying that's baseball yeah. people, you know, it constantly fluctuates, sure. but sports. Yeah. Sal- Salvador, even if he moves to first base, my question is, do you see him being uh, a part of that quintessential next run for the Royals as far as the playoffs are concerned? So unfortunately not. Um, 
And there's, all right, to go back to the downside, he was our number one trade chip. I mean, absolutely. Him and then Wit. And that's the list, really. That goes on the um, window now, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's done now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, short answer, no. Uh, so I guess that's kind of pointless then. But but um, maybe he has value if you show he can play more first base because I think teams are going to look at him and see that he's breaking down. They're not stupid. Um, he's played so much baseball, let alone how many games he's caught. He plays fall ball. He, you know, he plays in a sleep probably. That that dude loves playing baseball. Now, this is the one way you're going to shut him down this year in a year that obviously, you know, we're we're probably not going to compete for a wild card right, even. Right. Well, and then that's that's the thing because I think his contract comes up in 2020 if I'm not mistaken. Um and for me, he's more of a AL guy mm-hmm. because I think he's obviously going to either be first base or DH. DH I don't yeah, think absolutely. when he comes back, he'll probably be a catcher. I, and my theory is once he's back in baseball, they may give him a chance to, to play catcher again. Oh, man, who, who knows what his arm is going to look like? Right. Yeah, exactly. And he's been an incre- he's an incredible, he's right. an incredible guy at throwing guys out at second base. I think it was like 30%, 32% of the time he was throwing yeah. guys out. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. He's, and, he's one of the best in the game. Yes. Everybody has to respect his arm. His fast twitch um, abilities. And yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But yeah, you're taking one of his best abilities away, at least partially. That Nobody's raises the question. Ever the same. That raises the question, though, uh, because now he's going to have to focus almost solely on making sure he can hit for power. Right now, he does have power in his bat. And how much more can he have? Right. if he doesn't have to catch. So there's a lot of questions, and and now you have to wonder. You know, let's say in, in 2020 he comes back on a prove it, you know, kind of situation with the Royals where they can utilize him for trades. I just I, I wonder if the Chiefs are. Chiefs. If the, if the <laughs> no, Royals are that's, actually that's going, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Chiefs, the Chiefs may get involved somehow. Yeah. Beach, Pat, let's trade them. Patrick you know, Mahomes. Get some I hear picks out of them for defense. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes a DA. Chiefs on the mind. Sorry guys, but no, I, I really wonder. Like, are the Royals going to really pull that trigger? Because you have to also look on the backlash side of it. Royals fans are so loyal to a fault that, yeah. and, and he is such a fan favorite. He's, I believe, he's going to have a statue one day at Kauffman Stadium. Or he better. Yeah, he, he's, he's my favorite have, player. I'll just say that. Yeah, and he's Through so good with fans. Too. Yeah, absolutely. So you're not just losing a player; you're losing a part of history. You're losing a, a great person. Mm-hmm. So they really have to justify it to this fan base. Yeah. So that's right. where I'm. I feel like this this could could potentially end pretty bad. Yeah, and I don't want to sound negative, but I I think that the Royals have to really handle this with white gloves here, man. He's become yeah. expendable, man. With the, especially with catcher being the deepest roster spot yeah. on the Royals. You know? Well, yeah, the Royals are. Yeah, of, that's a great their point. Their depth is crazy at the, at the catcher position. So, like you said, if he does come back, it'll most likely be DH or first. Yeah, more, and, preferably DH. And that's something I want to kind of move on to. Um, again, and I want to sound like the Mister Depressing guy here, but <laughs> the the Royals are probably not going to be a good team this year. And Dayton Moore. Has a, news. has a lot of work, has a lot to do, or has a lot on his plate. And I want to know from you, because there are still tradable assets on this roster. Danny Duffy, Whit Merrifield. I felt like they should have traded Whit Merrifield last season. I know that I think you disagree with that initially, but I felt like they needed to trade him while he was still at his peak. And he yeah. still could be. He's only like 29, 30 years old. Yeah. And he's still, you know, trying to prove himself. He's got that chip on his shoulder. I still feel like the chief. The, God damn it! I almost said the Chiefs again. I feel like the, I feel like the so how rare it is that we talk Royals here. Like, but I feel like the Royals You're have welcome, a, still a, <laughs> they still have an opportunity here to trade those guys and build for the next five years. What do you think about that? How long do you think it's going to be? And would you trade those two guys or one of them? So I would have traded Salvador Perez this offseason. Yeah, and that's easy to say now, maybe. But um, when you look down the list of our prospects. 
all of their expected arrival dates are 21 and 22. So, like you said, the contract's up. He's gone. It doesn't matter. You're looking at uh, Khalil Lee, Suli Matthias, uh, Brady Singer, all these guys. They're not going to be here for that. So, you should have already done that move, to be honest. Yep. But, yeah, Dayton's loyal. So, here's the thing. We've won a championship doing the loyal thing. And and there was already a year, um, I believe, 2016, where where we could have made those moves. But instead, we went the other route, yeah. you know, and, and or after 2016, we did trade Wade, Wade Davis. And then finally, 2017, you know, we make the moves. Um, so uh, or or even last year, we, we finally move on from Moose, you know, um, there's been times where he could have already done it. Uh, but he's loyal to a fault, but that's also delivered them a championship. Now, I I think he thinks that they have more than they might have. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. And uh, Ryan O'Hearn, uh, Hunter Dozier, players like that um, are, are in prove-it years for sure. They need to figure out what they have in those guys and to decide if – that they have enough right now to try and compete in 2020 or if they need to trade these chips. Right. Right. So, and, and that's, um, that's kind of where I want to segue though, as far as um, these pieces and as far as the decisions are going to be made, Dayton Moore has been here since 06. I think he's done a masterful job. I, I, I think he's made some bad decisions. I think that Wade Davis trade was pretty bad unless yeah. Jorge Soler ends up becoming a, a monster, which I, I don't really know yet. Um, but overall, I think the dude's done an, done an incredible job going and trading for big time pitchers, uh, going and getting, you know, guys that you can add to a, a world series run after losing a heartbreaking way in 2014, right. You know, being able to go and dra- draft guys like, uh, 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 Ventura and, and, and guys like Moustakis and Hosmer and building them up and making them the face of this organization. It's masterful. It's so yeah. hard to do in a market like this. Coming from the worst organization. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It Maybe was, not in baseball. In sports. It was pretty damn close. Yeah. 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 It's, absolutely. Oh, yes. Man. So my question to you though is having settled that and giving him all his due credit, because I met the man several times. He's an incredible guy. Been to his house. Good dude. Awesome guy. Now but, let's rail on him. <laughs> having said all that, let's stick a you know, fork in him. No, but honestly, do you as a Royals fan, a big time Royals fan, and this is for Harvey as well, your son, <laughs> do you have faith in Dayton more that he's going to be able to make that happen again? Um, a championship? No. Uh, I, so do I have faith in him? You have to, what's the alternative, right? Um, I have faith in him that he's going to get this club back to competitive. It's going to be 21 or 22. That's, that's the unfortunate thing. Uh, we're looking at a couple more years of mediocre baseball on the good end. Um, so you're talking about, um, draft picks, but really that's been the issue with them. Um, so you're talking about, Draft picks like Bubba Starling. You're talking about, you know, Hunter Dozier finally cracked the club, but, um, and of course the list won't pull up, but uh, <laughs> it makes for good radio, right? <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> but, but uh, we've missed on Ash Russell uh, walked away from baseball. Yep. You're talking about, and, you know, that's no fault of their own. And actually, you know, uh, Danny Duffy and, um, well, Zach Grinke at the time had both done that and came back and obviously been pretty darn good. Yeah. So 
So they that can happen, right. but but um, there's there's a long list of of draft picks that haven't made the club when behind those guys have been all stars, right? Well, and and to talk about the promise of what's to come, there are bright sides to this. Believe it or not, guys, I, I think there are uh, some some things that the, the Royals can look at this year and be thankful for or be excited about. Alberto Mondesi. I think that Absolutely. I think he's going to be a superstar in this league. Yeah, he may not be the quintessential, you know, home run guy. He's not going. I don't. I, he's he, got he might sneaky be. power. He does. He They're really projecting does. him to have about twenty-five to thirty home runs this year. Right. For for a, a guy that's not big. And we're and talking an about him maybe hitting leadoff, maybe number two. Exactly. And in, in, in a ballpark that's not known for, oh, to give right. up a lot of home runs. Absolutely. So, but having said that, what are your thoughts on him? I, I think my personal opinion, just from what I've seen, what I've heard. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna hit the ground running. I think he's gonna be a superstar. Maybe not the, get the get the actual title yeah. of that, but he's gonna play like a superstar early and often. What's your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, superstars uh, a bit of a stretch because in baseball right now, superstar is attached to hitting the ball out of the ballpark. True. Um, now uh, the Royals are gonna value speed, uh, and he has plenty of that. So he's not only gonna hit the ball out a little bit, but he's he might steal forty. 50 bags, honestly, uh, you know, Witt led the league, but we all know who the fastest player on that team is. Well, I'm sorry. Terrence score is back. Uh, well, we're talking about an actual player who's going to play games. Let's be honest here. Uh, (laughs) write that back. (laughs) He's technically on the roster. Um, so, uh, no, he, he's, he's going to lead the team in steals. I'm pretty confident of that. And, and yeah, he's, he's going to lead off, um, I I think Ned's enough of an old school guy. He loves wit as a number two, the hit and run. He he handles the bat well. He loves that type of thing. You know he does. Um, so he's gonna lead off. Yeah, he's gonna hit at least twenty twenty five home runs. Um, and then maybe steal fifty bags on the on the plus that side, would be which, amazing. Which is superstar level. Um, so but you know who do you pair with him? Uh, what what kind of season does Ryan O'Hearn have as a follow up? Uh, what kind of season does uh, Hunter Dozier have? Yeah, those are the two. And and you mentioned Jorge Soler. Uh, if if there was ever a prove it, that's that's where that's going to happen. No to question. Be. And and as far as the projections for uh, Alberto Mondesi, uh, the numbers statistically wise, that what they projected him to have are numbers that only three other Hall of Famers have had. And then Hanley Ramirez, who, if we remember correctly, when he came up, oh, yeah. everyone thought this guy was going to be the next great he thing. He was a superstar. And he, yeah, he was for about yeah. eight solid years. Uh-huh. So if you're getting compared to those guys already before you've had a full year of service, right? you're, you're talking about a guy, like I said, that I have a lot of faith in. I, he may not be the sexy 40 home run guy, but if he can be a, dare I say, Jeter-esque, <laughs> dare I say it, dare I say it, where he can, encap- where he can, <laughs> he can have that type of superstar mm-hmm. in Kansas City, I think yeah. that I think the, the 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 they absolutely won that. I think yeah. they absolutely even if this season's bad, you have that to look forward to. Two quick questions before we get off this subject. Sure. We get off this segment and then we start talking a little more about Chiefs. Like I said it it actually yeah. meant something oh, right yeah. there. Holy hell! Did you mean the Royals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ironically enough. Oh man, no. <laughs> Two more things, and this is the most popular one that a lot of Royals fans are asking because it's it's time or it's not never going to be. Do we see Bubba Starling this year? And what do you expect from him if he ever comes up to the majors? Um, boy, that's, that's a question right there, isn't it? Um, so what, a, what a bad deal first off, I'll just say, so Dayton Moore, uh, has had a bit of bad luck too. Cause that kid is down the road. 
And and that organization is thinking of Albert Pujols, and they've got to draft this local kid. Um, I don't know if another team would have taken him up there, obviously. Um, but, you know, because you had Francisco Lindor, several other all-stars behind him going the same draft. Um, it's just unfortunate. But he's played, obviously, good ball in the spring. You know, what does that mean? I don't know. Uh, but he was playing good ball as well a couple years prior. Uh, just injuries, again. And that's that's the thing. Go back to Montessi for a second. Durability. You know, with, with these players, how many games can they play? I think we will see him this year, to be honest. I think you see a trade of Billy Hamilton midseason because we're not going to be a 500 team now. So I, I think you see a trade of Billy Hamilton, and I, I think they give him a shot. Yeah. Uh, he's Let's hope he forces their hand, and it's just going to make too much sense. I think they're going to trade a couple guys like that. Billy Hamilton, uh, Chris Owens, I think is going to play well enough in a utility role. To, to earn at least a couple, you know, low-level prospects. Uh, basically, they have some spot holders. Uh, Bubba Starling's going to make his debut. Uh, his glove has been uh, Major League ready. They've said it for years. It's just a matter of handling the bat. Um, I, I had a friend that watched him while he was at Gardner. He said that always that the issue was they didn't think he could hit Major League pitching, and and that's kind of come to bear. Mm-hmm. But – well, the, the, we'll we'll see. The question I've I've or the the concern I've heard is they don't know how much he loves baseball. Uh, he was a football player, and they didn't really know, you know, if he just accepted the seven and a half million dollars he made if, if, as you know the insurance policy for him to make sure he had money. Right. If he really loved baseball, so that's the question I've always had about Bubba is was he just an athlete that just took the route that made him the most money at the time, and it kind of guaranteed him a spot, and he didn't really have a lot of pressure on him. Um, but the last question I want to ask you about the Royals is um, the guy that we've all known since 07 uh, in the majors, Alex Gordon. Um, oh, boy. he's <laughs> <laughs> These are all tough questions. It, it really point. is. And I feel like there's no like easy this. questions no. with the Royals, you know, because there's, there's nothing. There's a spotlight on me, right? I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this boy? No. Yeah. So, <laughs> Alex Gordon, I feel I feel like, and if I'm being honest, because all respect to him, because he's he's an all-time great Royal. Uh, he's I think he's won, what, five, six Golden Gloves. Mm-hmm. He hit the uh, biggest home run of maybe in Royals in history. Royals, it's no question. He mm-hmm. absolutely did. The only reason the George Brett home run in Yankee Stadium because of the pine tar situation was so famous was right. because <laughs> of the pine tar situation. But but yes, you're right. Uh, that was uh, a familia. That was an amazing. Mm-hmm. He saved Eric Osmer's ass and his oh, career. Yeah, that we was, don't talk much about we, that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but having said all of that, we know that Alex Gordon has like, significant problems with his bat. It's so painful to watch. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it an O2 count. But his defense is incredible. But he's, I think he'd be 35 this year. I think he should retire after this season. Yeah. I really do. I think it's time. If he wants to stay with the Royals and be a, a coach or some sort of person in, in, in the front office, great. That's awesome because he's a perfect representation for it. But I think it's time. I think he needs to go. I don't think anybody else is going to go out there and pick him up. I think it's time. What's your thoughts on it? What do, yeah. what do you think about Alex Gordon currently, and what do you think down the road? I mean, I can't argue with that. And Alex, if you're listening – we love you. He's a friend of the show, <laughs> yeah. so, you know. Yeah. Um, he, the the most frustrating thing is his refusal to adjust. Uh, he continues to try and pull the ball. He he does not go the opposite way. Uh, he needed to evolve and just, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's pride or what, uh, but, but he's refused to evolve. Um, so, yeah. I mean, uh, 
ideally, uh, he would become a member of the front office, coaching staff, something like that. Uh, I think he would be a great addition to the Royals long term. And you talked about statues earlier. He, believe it or not, he may end up with one. Uh, he absolutely needs to, man. He deserves it. Um, that home run. I mean, you need to have yeah, one where he's yes, posing. Yeah, he's we posing. got a bobblehead <laughs> like that. Gotta it's, have it's real it. nice. Gotta have it. I mean, that's only yeah. justice. I mean, you and I, we grew up in the same era. Mm-hmm. And we remember all the quote-unquote good old days of watching all the old highlights from the 80s. Sure, he's going to yeah. be that guy yes, in 20 absolutely. years. That home run's going to live in forever in Royals history. Right. So uh, there's no question Alex Gordon's one of the greatest of all time when it comes to Royals baseball. Uh, whether that's an indictment on Royals baseball or just he's been that good, <laughs> it is. but you know, a little but, of both. Yeah, it's it's a mixture. But mm-hmm. regardless, I, I I I'm glad we somewhat agree on this. Right. That it, it's probably time he needs to move on, get on with his life, do some other things, try some other ventures. And right. thank and you think, so much. For I the think time. they can uh, move on for him from him next year. Yes. Yeah. So that's inevitable. Hopefully, he pulls well. a Gil Mush and is like, "Here, just take yeah. this money." <laughs> What, Gil? What are you doing, man? I mean, that's a fifty-five million dollar yeah, contract. That, that's holding this L. That, <laughs> you want to talk about? Yeah, that's giving the L. Yeah, that's that's right. So, Joe, thank you so much for coming on here. Thanks so much for little, having us. A little bit of yeah, Royals. I, so I don't know. If you wanna, I don't know if you want to stick on for one more segment, talking a little bit of. It's gonna be a little bit of a shorter segment regarding Brett Veach and the mindset he has. If you have any thoughts if on you'll that, you'll have me. We'll have you. We'll definitely have you. We, we don't want you to go anywhere. That's why we have the chain to your uh, right. ankle to the wall. Yeah. So he's uh, not kidding either. <laughs> So like Send I said, help, we're gonna have. I promise Trevor's still alive. He's still here. Eddie's still alive. He's still here. We're gonna Wake get up. these guys back on here. Uh, we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna talk a little bit about Brett Veach, what he, what his mindset's gonna be for this draft and free agency. Uh, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna talk about what we expect from him and what, uh, how much pressure's on him, quite frankly. So we'll get back to that after this. Mid Coast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the mid-coast and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. And we are back again at the Spoken Podcast in the Casey Beardco Studios. I am Lance Twill, the host, with my guy Eddie Ortiz, yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell, What's up? and Joe Bryan's decided to hang out with us for one more episode. Yeah, one more segment. Chair. I didn't have a choice. I, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I threw the key down there. You just didn't want to get it. So. I have to saw through my leg or something. <laughs> Indentured servitude is what this is. This is not a lie either. He, it's, he's chained up. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. Sound effects, sound effects. All right, so we talk, We touch on the rules, and that was – thank you, Joe, for doing that because I would not have been able to do that myself yeah, because I, it's – I mean, I don't follow baseball right that now. big. I mean, I'm not a. I, I like baseball, I like watching baseball, but I'm. I don't follow like all the trades and drafts sure. and. So I understand. Like baseball, it's like, like me it. with soccer, pretty much. I understand. <laughs> you guys are like the That's perfect opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're, we're mirror images. There, <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about the Chiefs, in particular, the man that, in some ways, some form or fashion, is leading the way when it comes to building this roster. Uh, a lot of people give Brett Veach, the current GM of the Chiefs, a lot of credit for why Patrick Mahomes is here. I remember speaking to him in person uh, two off-seasons ago during training camp, and we were finishing up a show with my guy Clay Windler, uh, Red Tribe Cinema, who was on the show last week, and my guy Shaggy Shane Williams, who's going to be on the show uh, hopefully next week. And we were sitting there, we were finishing up our show, uh, and uh, Brett Veach walked right by us. And it was the most surreal thing, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't notice him at first. I didn't recognize him, because... You know, he was very new. He wasn't even the G- I don't even think he was the GM at the mm-hmm. time yet because John Dorsey hadn't even been fired yeah, yet. Yeah. Um, and maybe he was just fired. I forget. But it was regardless. Brett Veach was an unknown for the right. majority of the mm-hmm. time. 
at that time. And I remember he walked by us and struck up conversation and Shane recognized him. And we started talking to him for a little bit. And I remember something I'll never forget. And Shane will talk about this all the time. He always mentions it. Um, Brett Veach looked at us and said, because we mentioned Patrick Mahomes, he goes, that guy was a, a, a project of ours for over two years. And that wow. stuck with me because that means that he was watching Patty. He was scouting him for sure. When he was in a sophomore year yeah. of college. What a creep. <laughs> you know, right? Like restraining order. Yeah, I mean, I my God. So, but it was so impressive Lance because. should talk. <laughs> but he was, he was, yeah, I was definitely with him. I mean, I was scouting him with him. I was the, I was a cell phone guy just like, you know, monitoring him. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, I, you know, it was so impressive to hear him say those words and it stuck with me forever. And so automatically I was a big fan of his. I, I thought, okay, this guy's got it. He, he knows talent. But if we're being honest here, man, last year's draft was not very good. I mean, it was bad. in all fairness, we haven't seen these guys play a lot yet. They've only played one year. And I'm talking about Breland Speaks, mm. Naughty. I'm talking about a lot of these other players. You know, I'm a believer in Speaks. It, it, I think the kid's a stud. Is so. this a, a prove it uh, year for both of them? I, well, Speaks is going to get the snaps. And what system was he drafted for? Really? That's that's the fair yeah. point right there because it was a, it, the three four doesn't fit Breland Speaks. He's more of a he's. I think he's a D end. I've talked to some guys. He's a bowl are, man. I, I've talked to some scouts about this. They believe that Breland Speaks is going to fit this system better than last year's. Oh system. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so that's what I'm saying. So yeah. if Breland Speaks is going to succeed, it's going to be this and this system. Hmm. So this is his proven year. I yeah I yes I will okay. answer your question, Eddie. Yes, this is a proven right, year for absolutely. Breland Speaks. And that is Beach's essential first pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it wasn't he a first round up, pick. Moved up to get second, him. Yeah. Moved up to get him. He's very aggressive. Right. And I love that. I don't. Bowl, I don't man. like. I'm not right. a big conservation guy. I'm not big on like. Well, let's just hold well, back. Let's just hold back. No. Yeah. Think, get about, your guy think, think about how much more we would love him if he did make that play on Brady in Week Six. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. We would absolutely. Uh, he would already be instilled in one of the fan favorites. He made that that play would have been huge. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You know the fact that he let him go does suck. Yeah. But I guess he was afraid of that. A penalty, right. but I mean, at the end of the day, was it like a holding call? Yeah, so it well, didn't have this, a matter was, this was still early in the season when that penalty was being called in at a ridiculous yes, rate. It was bad. There was way too many. Me ask Clay Matthews; he was getting destroyed <laughs> right. left and right. That was a tackle, Stupid, <laughs> terrible. That, it, it lightened up throughout the year, but yeah, go ahead. Brett Veach. Uh, what I'm saying is, I feel like if we had to give him kind of a rating right now, I think it's it's an incomplete because we don't really know what he is. What we do know is that, like, like we've just addressed, he is aggressive. Mm-hmm. He does have a type. He, he likes guys that are very football. And I know we talk about, oh, they're all football. No, I'm talking about they, that he is big on guys that want to learn the game. They're not guys that you know are super, super talented that just rely on their talent. He likes guys that are trying to be students of the game. And hence, Patrick well, He still has that right. scout mentality where he's like still very involved in the talent of the guys and the individual, yeah. which I love that. Because a lot of GMs are really disconnected, man. Yeah. And he's got that. He's, he's still a scout at heart. And whether John Dorsey did an incredible job in Kansas City or not, I think he did a damn good job mm-hmm. because he brought Travis Kelsey and several other guys. His problem was the contract part. Yeah. You know, having issues with communication with veterans. Right. Uh, he he definitely Jeremy botched Macklin. it. With, yes. Oh my God! Don't start me with sure. that. Uh, uh, Justin Houston letting Justin Houston bet on himself and ends up having a twenty-two and a half sack season. Yeah. You have to you know sign him to a much bigger deal that pissed off Clark Hunt. Uh, then he he botches the relationship with Eric Berry to where Clark Hunt has to step down and basically force that mm-hmm. contract on the Chiefs. Yeah. If if John Dorsey would have handled it better, so so there there are big shoes to fill for Brett Veach based on his former uh, uh, um, superiors. But I think this goes deeper than that. The Chiefs do not have a good history, guys. We know this. Right. You know, through 35 years of football, the Chiefs only had three playoff victories mm-hmm. before Patrick Mahomes came here and led us to the AFC Championship. 
Right. That's pathetic. It's, it's horrible. It's, all changing, so it's so bad. It's, it's so changing. bad. Now, they did it right. They established themselves with an elite quarterback they drafted and developed. That people so, already want to play for. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Yes. But, but the problem, though, is, is that we don't really know if we can give full credit to Veach, even though he did scout Patty. John Dorsey was the one that Dorsey, ultimately absolutely. pulled the trigger on him. So right. we have to give John Dorsey some credit here. Sure. So we can't say, well, Veach established himself as the GM with Patrick because we can't really say that yet. Right. So he has to prove himself dramatically, not only in the draft this year, but in free agency. And when we talked about in the first segment was, this is an all-in year. Brett Veach cannot afford to whiff this offseason no, because right. he whiffed last offseason. No offense to the whole Sammy Watkins contract, because I'm actually a big fan of Sammy Watkins. I actually think he's going to contribute this next season with the Chiefs. But he didn't do very much for the Chiefs this year. I think it's last sh- year here. They, they signed him to yeah. a substantial contract. Right. Then they go and trade for Anthony Hitchens. Or not trade for him, they signed him, and they yeah. gave him $9 million a year. And Anthony Hitchens was the worst-rated <sighs> middle linebacker in football. It's now not he his will, fault. It's not his fault. Man. He will fit this scheme better this year. Right. I definitely believe that. But so far, it has not worked. He was misused, and the draft picks, like I said, was one of the worst draft one of the worst draft classes I think the Chiefs had in a while. Unless that changes, that's where I stand right now. So right. Veach remains ha- to be seen. Yeah, exactly. For sure. You got to give these guys a couple three of years. years. Plus, we're still yeah. waiting on passing yo to become something or not. I don't have yeah, any expectations. It's probably him. passed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's another guy though that fits man, the mold of a. I want to be so three. bad. Yeah, man. he's a freak. He, he looks great. He's <laughs> yeah. a you know off the bus type of guy. That was sure. that was Dorsey's guy though. No, like, I know. Yeah, because well, he has defense, a type too. Most of our studs have been. The rest of our studs are pretty much Dorsey guys. Chris mm-hmm. Jones, you know, most of those guys, you know, are. And most of those recent moves were Dorsey's guys. Right. But this may look a lot different if you see Dorian O'Daniel as oh, a will man. backer. I love you that know, kid. if he tears it up next right. year and Breland Speaks plays well, yeah. uh, it'll look a lot different. Yeah. Now, I, yeah. I will give uh, Veach some credit. Shortavius Ward was a hell of a fight. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That was a hell oh, of a fight. Yeah. They came out of nowhere. Yeah. Now, why did the, it take yeah. 14 weeks for them to play? Development, I think. Is that Sutton? What, yeah. It, well, we can we can Playbook. confirm it was Sutton because yeah. Sutton didn't want to change from Orlando Scandrick. Yeah. Right. And once Andy Reid stepped in, mm-hmm. Shartavius Ward played for the rest of the season. Right. Orlando Scandrick, I don't even think he saw the field again. Well, and, so, and Ward brought the speed to the to the defense. Right. You know, it, well, he killed it out there. Scandrick was just the aged vet, you know, the guy that was kind of trustworthy, which he was terrible. But, you know, it, the speed is what improved our, our secondary a lot as right. those guys came in. Lucas, Leo, Lucas, yeah, as absolutely. well. Yeah. Right. So the, the, the like I said, the the and we haven't seen Armani Watts really much. Yeah, so. that's that's a good point too. And I that's that, that's what him. concerns me about yeah. him is his injury prone. Is he injury we prone? We have is a he thing not? with injury prone safety. Yeah. Him in the shout system. out Sanders Cummins. Him, <laughs> him in the system. I don't know Armani Watts in the system. I don't know if it's going to work. He's not very good at coverage. God, so. you brought up you brought up Sanders. Sorry Cummings. about that. I remember oh, I remember Jesus. I remember at being at training camp. Jamal Charles shook him so bad. <laughs> that he broke his damn ankle. Literally broke his damn ankle. Mom. I mean, it was like watching Barry it. Sanders yep. in the flood. It was yeah. unreal. I miss Jamal, but shout out to that's Jamal. Beautiful. Who's Jamal? That's just no, that's just his <laughs> greatness there, right there. So I, I want to ask you guys, I want to go, I want to go around the table here because although I think most of us are fairly optimistic about Brett Veach, I think I think we have enough faith in him to give him a legitimate shot that he's gonna build this team into, yeah. into you know into the right. Uh, into the right roster. That's what you have to have. Like we talked about, giving Spags his guys, giving Andy Reid enough. I mean, he's already got tons of firepower on the offensive side, but giving him just a little bit more, especially on the offensive line. Where do you guys want to see Veach attack the most? Because we know he's going to be aggressive. Where do you want to see him attack the most in the draft in particular, This in this particular draft? Eddie? I would say 
either cornerback or a linebacker. Uh, that's either or. Uh, I think uh, cornerback would be more of a priority because, I mean, we don't have that ma- that much talent out there. And, and I think cornerback, it's, it, it just has to be that one move. That, that's that's my my opinion. For me, it's 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 hard to judge right now because we don't know what free agent moves we're right. going to do. If D Ford's gone, we absolutely have to get an edge rusher. Because if D Ford's gone, we have Speaks, and that is it pretty much. Who else do we have? Yikes. Unless we unless D Ford gets traded and we pick someone else, you know, get a player in that trade, or who knows what the hell is going to happen. But we absolutely have to go edge rusher if D Ford's gone. But if D Ford's not gone, we definitely got to get an elite corner or a top rated corner top rated as we can get as far as you know in the draft but um yeah definitely corner and i think maybe another safety you know it's just depending on if eric Barry is gonna be here or not you know if we get landon yeah. we still need another uh safety you know especially if, <laughs> if armani watts goes down again who knows or if he's got off when he comes back who knows so yeah definitely yeah secondary for sure and that's that speaks to it right there yeah so many what ifs so tell me who we're cutting and who we're trading man. yeah and, uh, absolutely and then we know who we need in the draft. Uh, unfortunately, Barry, they'll know what they're doing, but we won't know till probably post June one. Uh, probably not for sure, at least. So yeah, yeah, that's that's the unfortunate thing there. But yeah, if if you come into the season with Breland Speaks as your top pass rusher, mm-hmm. that's a big. It's problem. not gonna happen. Yeah, I don't think so. There. But a uh, uh, cornerback is obviously uh, to me, you know, the the number one need right now. Uh, you're you're gonna need a box safety. Uh, whether that's Landon Collins or or whoever, uh, but I I think Jordan Lucas can actually play that deep safety pretty well. Yeah, uh, I think he proved it last year. They just for whatever reason when they brought Eric Berry back, uh, or he decided to come back, which whichever, uh, they put him as the deep safety and 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 said Jordan Lucas, you sit down. So um, I I think cornerback one, and then. And then that box safety too. Okay, well I'm going to go off of because I like I like where you guys are going with this with with the, the defensive back side of things because obviously they got to get better. Steve Nelson won't be back. Yeah, he's already burned his bridge with the fan base on Twitter and places like that, and it's really unfortunate to see, especially when he got burned so many times. But uh, the Ch- the Chiefs obviously have to get it to where Kendall Fuller can go back to the slot because that's where he's destined to be. He's incredible in the slot. He's horrible on the outside, or at least he's th- just not as good. Yeah. So they're going to have to address that, but that's why it's I. It's pro- not a number one. Yeah, clearly, and that's why I propose that the Chiefs try to trade for Patrick Peterson mm-hmm. from the Cardinals because he's a 28 year old elite cornerback with 23 and a half million left on his deal for two more years. Who plays for a dumpster fire. Plays yeah. for a dumpster fire that's going to try to build themselves back up with a with a, a quarterback they're going to draft. Right, I'm, right. I'm saying I've been saying it. Oh, yeah, they're going to take Kyler Murray and they're yep. going to trade Josh Rosen. Um, where to? I don't know, but I, I if I'm going off my assumptions here. And I'm trying to put myself in Brett Veach's mind here. And if I am Brett Veach, I accumulate as many draft picks as possible to be aggressive in the draft and simultaneously in free agency by trading for a veteran like Patrick Peterson. So what I'm doing is I'm trading. Let's say say we can get a first and a fourth for D Ford like I proposed. Mm -hmm. You then have two first round picks, two second round picks, two fourth round picks. Mm -hmm. You have a great opportunity to make some noise with that. Wow. Yeah. You have six picks in the first four rounds. That's amazing. So the Chiefs, what they can do is say, okay, we're going to trade one of our first-round picks, move up in the first round, and a future pick, move up. Mm-hmm. You go and get your guy, and whether that's cornerback or pass rusher. I think it needs to be pass rusher because of the fact you're letting go of your two pass rushers. You're giving Spagnolo his guy, his pass rusher. 
And then what you can do is you can take one of those other first-round picks or the two second-round picks, finagle it to where you can get the Cardinals to agree to a trade with Patrick Peterson. And what you do is you solidify that, that the guy that travels. He's going to be traveling with the number one receiver every single week. Yeah. Then you can take one of those mid-round picks and take a cornerback, the best cornerback available. So you have yourself a good cornerback coming into this from the draft, has no pressure on him. No pressure whatsoever. Play free. Just play you have free, eight. Yeah. You have Patrick Peterson as your guy for the next two shutting years. Down one side of the field. Right. Exactly. Right. He's going to shut down the number one receiver. You then have Kendall Fuller in the slot. You have taken care of essentially the two biggest needs in the defensive back situation that the Chiefs have. Now, obviously, you're going to have to address safety, but that's the other other assumption. They're going to go in. They're going to sign Landon Collins or Adrian Amos. There you go. Right. So you have your cornerback that's going to be on the other side guarding wide receiver two or three. He can work himself into the system that way. And you just got yourself a stud pass rusher. So that's the way if I'm if I'm Brett Veach, that's how I handle this. Because for me, that's the most aggressive way of doing it. You have to be. That's super aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if the Chiefs trade valuable assets to go get Patrick Peterson, go and get a pass rusher after letting go of two of them. Well, and two, think about the scheme. Bob Sutton was known to never move his corners. You're stuck on that side regardless if they're, they're putting their number one receiver on our, our worst corner and they keep attacking it over and over again. He was too stubborn not to move our guys around or double them up. You know, we had guys – that's why we had guys constantly getting – if Spags is going to change things up, he's going to move – if we get Pat, Patrick Peterson, he's going to move him around, stick him with that guy. You know, that's something we haven't seen for years because yeah. Sutton's too damn stubborn to move his guys around. He gets uncomfortable with it. And what have we talked about? We talked about the scheme is the biggest reason why the right. Chiefs were hurting on the defensive side. Oh, absolutely. It was so glaring, dude. you don't need – it's great to have, but you don't need elite pass rushers to have an effective pass rush. Right. If you have a great scheme – look at the freaking Patriots, for Christ's sake. You can't name me four guys on that defense. Now, Flowers is were, a beast. Flowers, but he's not He's not going right. to be there next year. And then That's when, you, the when you have a Chris Jones, how much easier does it make the edge right. rushers to get there? Because Chris Jones just bull rushing that middle and it collapses the pocket. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what – really, that's what it was the – the centerpiece for D4. Oh, no question. Here. No because question. He's not good at cutting and getting into the pocket. He's good at beating you around. Yeah, he and he's undersized. And that's why, because Chris Jones is so valuable. He pushed the piece, shuts the pocket down. He right. collapses it from the middle. And that's how D4 was getting on the edge the, every the, time. The change in scheme is what I am so excited oh, about. Yeah, Even yeah. if it, it look, it's a breath I, of fresh. I, I, I want to be aggressive. Yeah, I went on Facebook else. Live when it change, happened. Having yeah. change. I went on Facebook Live when it happened on the spoken, and I and I and I talked about how I didn't have a ton of faith. I broke it all down. Mm-hmm. You can watch that video again. I yeah, broke yeah. it all down as I to why I, I have concerns about Spagnolo. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to be proven wrong. And how we can be proven wrong is you give him the adequate assess uh, adequate assets for him to be able to do it in his best, most effective way. Right. That is how you do it. So let him get his guys early in the draft. You go and trade for a veteran to take care of the back of the the back end of the defense. You go and sign Landon Collins or Adrian Amos. Mm-hmm. That way, you don't have to worry about drafting guys like that, hoping that they can make sure that the biggest problem this Chiefs defense had last year won't continue. Because they were so conservative on defense last year that it actually broke. It didn't even matter if they were getting to the quarterback or not because we could not stop the middle of the field. Right. If you get veterans back there to help put a little bit more pressure on the quarterback, the pass rush is already going to be there with Chris Jones, with other guys that they can draft, young, motivated players on the cheap that they can utilize to get to the quarterback. I am more concerned about stopping passers than making sure that you're always getting these sacks because sacks are great. You know, getting to the quarterback is amazing. You have to get to the quarterback. But what did that do for the Chiefs when it came down to it? They could not get to Tom Brady. Right. 
It didn't matter. They even though we it let, out, essentially. Yeah, yeah he was it, within a second and a half. The ball was out. So if you don't have the defensive backs to back mm-hmm. your your guys that are getting to the quarterback, it does not matter because teams will adjust. And if the Chiefs are trying to win Super Bowls, you're going to have to learn from your mistakes. Well, and the best part, man, the best part about this whole going into this next year for this defense and for all the new faces that we're probably going to see and Spags himself, the bar has been set at an all time low. You're coming in, and all you do, to, all you need to do is just improve. <laughs> You know, allow 22, 23 points maybe a game. Not 30, 31. <laughs> if we're allowing – I think it was what? If we, if the Chiefs allowed, what, 28 points this past season, we would have been undefeated <laughs> instead of 30 or however much we were averaging you know, against us, how much we were allowing. That's, I mean, the bar has been set at an all-time low for you to come in and just blip, just get a little blip, a little mm-hmm. move, you know, just 28th in the league, maybe yeah. 25th, 26th. And their, and their four losses in the regular season, the Chiefs gave up over 40 points. Right. The offense scored over 38. That's what I'm saying, man. All we need is that little – just please be mediocre. That's why I'm asking you to be mediocre. That's all. But as a GM, these two years, these next two years are the years. Yeah, we may have Mahomes for 12 more years, mm-hmm. God willing. You know, sports God's willing. Um, yeah. But but this window, you never know how long it's open. So I just, go yeah. – I say go all in. Yeah, and I like think that, like I, you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I think that's what Beach is going to do, man. I don't, I, I, he's I too aggressive. So. Yeah, yeah, has to. The math, the math works out because, like I said, if you're dra- if you're going to trade D Ford, if you're going to let go of Justin Houston, if you're going to cut Eric Berry, you're opening up all this cap space. Why in the hell would you open up all this cap space in an all in year and not go and get veterans? Right. And so you get your veteran cornerback, and I hear that this draft is deep with defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So if if you're able to trade. Uh, D Ford, you obviously are cutting Justin Houston. You know, as you say, you can a bit scheme to have a p- pass rush, at least a little bit. So if you get at least a quality prospect there, you can scheme them into being decent. And you already have Chris Jones. So you're you're gonna have some pass rush. And two, I think all this defensive talk, I think the thing that get continually continually flies under the radar as far as sports talk and local sports talk for the Chiefs is I'm not counting out us taking a decently high pick on a guard or a left tackle. No, because I know we already Eric Fisher is already going to be like he's here for a while. But you know, with um, well, he's only got a year left on his. That's true. That's true. So I mean, uh, protecting Patrick Mahomes is obviously the most important thing for this team. Like I said, we can we can find pieces. We can find guys to come in and play defense and make tackles and just do their damn job. Not be great, but be mediocre. Be middle of the pack. Um. Protecting Patrick Mahomes is the most important thing on this team. So I would not I, I think people are sleeping on the fact that Beach might be aggressive for the O line, investing like kind of like what the, the Cowboys did for Romo. But that was already, this is already later in Romo's career until he had that elite O line. But look how look how good that O line was. Look how great they were. Like how just look at this recent season or this recent past season with um um Andrew Luck and with um um Tom Brady. You know, I mean I know Tom Brady gets it out in a split second every damn play, but Andrew Luck was comeback player of the year for a reason because he wasn't getting touched. Yeah. He sat quarterback in the league, and that that is a successful way to go about things. So protecting our biggest asset in our team is, I think, something that's flying under the radar. What moves we're going to make? Here. That's we, a that's a that's a really good point. Yeah, and yeah. that you're right. That does fly under the radar because if you listen to any local radio at all, if you listen to any mock draft analyst, right. or no you listen to free, yeah, they're not talking about that. Right. So I, I definitely getting an elite guard. That sure would be a ho hum. Yes, on yeah, draft we've day, seen that. It's not sexy. We've seen it's that not. teams. We've seen teams, especially with younger quarterbacks, <clears throat> invest in you know elite O linemen. You know, and it's worked out for them in our favor in their favor. So now yeah. you got man. Now you got me wanting to do more homework on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to look at it's quite true. And, and Andy Reid's taking linemen. Man. 
Andy well, Reid historically has taken linemen. Well, he's, yeah. he's defensive a, and offensive heart, he's tackles. An O-line coach. Mm-hmm. So, but with um, uh, our center, um, um, what's his name? Morse. Yes, Mitch Morse is probably going to be gone. Yeah, I don't think I don't because he's his contract's up, correct? So. Yeah, he's, he's going to be concussion away from. Right. He's had five concussions. He's yeah. 26 years old. I know we have young guys that can fill in that spot, but I think there might be a, a big move in the, either the draft or maybe a trade that might bring in a legitimate guard into this team. So we'll see. I, I think we've all agreed, though, regardless of what avenue or what path yeah. Brett Beach goes down, he has to be aggressive. Right. And I think he's shown that because, like we talked about in the first segment, We've even heard rumors about Antonio Brown. We've even heard rumors about Le'Veon Bell. Whether that's – obviously, right I don't now. think they're going to happen, but it would be great. I think we're getting it. one of these. I just don't want to see him in <laughs> silver. Really oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, Okay, hold on. Yeah. I thought we were going to end the segment right here. But now, <laughs> now we got hot take Trev coming out with with just over the – like, oh, man. bro, you, you just windmill dump yeah, that. Okay. Between the legs. Let's, let's get – let's get – let's get – me up. Let's yeah. get it. Let, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Chiefs are getting one Go. or the other. Wrong. We're Give me okay. You can't just know, leave it there. You got to tell me what. I know the Chiefs are are are. Or I know Antonio Brown is uh, letting everyone know in the next twenty four hours if he's what decision he's going to make. But I know seeing that video with Chris Jones got me hyped, man. I, I think there's something to it. I really do. So, so your your theory is based on the video? No, not necessarily. I just think some smoke. I, we've had we've had big names come out and say that the Chiefs are going to be aggressive with a big name mm-hmm. offensive player. So. Now, no, okay. Well, now you got me all curious. So, are you talking they're going to spend money on Labian Bell, or is Labian Bell going to be like, well, let's go win yeah, for that's, a year? That's because, my question. Yeah, because sure, I don't, he I sat don't, out a year to take yeah, a yeah, small that's deal. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I, think, I don't see him I think sitting he wants out. To win. I do. I, I don't disagree with that. My point, though, is I don't who, see him. Why? How sweet would it be for Antonio Brown to come here and prove it and stick it to the Steelers in the AFC? Right. Yeah, and it would be ironic too because the the franchise he's owned the most is the Chiefs. And also, where, so. where where else can Antonio Brown go? To where he can absolutely thrive the most. Antonio Brown, I, look, I will, I will entertain the thought of Just Le'Veon Bell. Indianapolis. I will Sail not. Off into the sunset. I will not entertain Antonio Brown. If you've watched anything he's I had, during, why is he leaving Pittsburgh? But if any he team, wants guaranteed dollars, the Chiefs are not giving him guaranteed dollars at thirty-one years old. I don't know, man. I, Especially with Tyreek Hill, they didn't have Tyreek Hill. I, I, I might entertain it. Or I, Tyreek Hill and, Sam, and Sammy, Sammy Watkins. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be and so, talking contract years. So yeah, so, so, enter, so just go with me on this, Trevor. Yeah. You have a, a, a contract that's inevitable with Tyreek Hill that's going to be the biggest contract that wide receivers ever had. Right. You already have $16 million a year, Sammy Watkins. You're going to go and spend more guaranteed money on Antonio Brown? Yeah. No, I mean, no way in hell. I, will I, see want, it. I want Le'Veon Bell. That, okay, so personal. I will entertain that thought. Okay. My problem with this, though, is he's 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Like Joe just said. Just turned 27. Okay, but my point is, he plays the running back position, mm. which is a you become a dinosaur overnight at the running back position. Right. Furthermore, he just sat out a year, like Joe said. Mm. You think he's going to sit out a full year just to go and not make big money? No. You have teams like the Colts Pins, and the man. Jets that have over hundred million dollars in cap space. You're going to tell me he's going to sit out and pass on them? But there hasn't been many reports about people offering him big money. So maybe he's only. I'm well, the, the league year hasn't go, started I'm yet. I'm going to go to a team right. that I know I can more than likely win a Super Bowl. Look, it, that sounds awesome, and I'm not going to sit here and say I win. <laughs> That's why I'm saying it. But it sounds like it sounds like something out of a movie. Three so, years, fifteen mil. Listen, Come on down. I, how about this? How about this? I, I, I recently bought these three. I recently th- bought these three L's yeah. that we're using for our show from now out, and they look horrible because they have sparkles hey. on them. But but I, I if that happens, lovely. I will say this now. If that happens, I will gladly walk my street without a shirt on mm. with all three L's. 
and I'm going to scream at the top of my lung. I'm the biggest idiot because I do not see that happening. Let me on Come on down. I hey, mark my words. It's on. I, it's on tape. I we'll take a GoFundMe. I actually want to see this move now. Yes. <laughs> well, now that I've said that, it's going to happen. So. I, feel, I, I feel like I feel like we're the team okay. to watch right now. We're, Veach is the GM to watch. Veach is aggressive. He's he's playing Madden shit. right. It's, I was going to say he's that's some Madden, Madden shit right. you're talking about you, though. Dude. You just, you, oh, just, you just set man. this podcast he's on young, fire. These young, fiery man. GMs are changing the league. Yeah. They're making, we've never, in the last couple of seasons, look how much movement has been going on through the league, dude. How many freaking blockbuster trades and, and movement. A running back right. taking a I'm significant you, pay cut. Dude, we, it could happen. It could happen. It could happen. Well, if you man. just believe. That was yes. the that was the hot take of the night. Uh, Joe, again, thank you so much for being out here Thanks tonight, so man. Thanks so much it for having a me. Lot. Guys, definitely follow him. Uh, Commandeer Brand, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. CommonDeerBrand.com. Yes, that's it, correct. The website. And the website. Shout that out. Definitely check them out, guys. Give them a follow. Uh, like I said, Joe's a good friend of mine, and they have the apparel that you're looking for, guys. It's 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 counterculture. I said that right this time. You yes. got it. I got it. Counter, <laughs> counterculture. Um, and, and, and like I said, guys, give them a follow. Uh, they have the apparel you're looking for, like I said. And uh, yeah, it's he's he's. I'm sure you're going to be on the show another time. I would love so. to. Never can again. I can I plug one thing Do real it. quick? Plug away. Um, so this Sunday we're gonna come out with a T-shirt. Um, uh, Casey Pet Project is a big, uh, you know, near and dear to our hearts. Uh, we're gonna do a fundraiser for them. Uh, it's actually gonna have a Royals theming to it. Uh, so the the pre-order is gonna be open on Sunday. Um, so maybe not by the time you're listening to this, but uh, Sunday through Wednesday that pre-order is gonna be open, and that shirt's gonna be able to be to you by opening day. And uh, the profits are going to be going to Casey Pet Project, so nice, helping helping find a, a forever home for those kitties and and doggos out there. That's so, awesome, man! Awesome, that awesome. is so cool, dude. So yeah, guys, like I said, you heard it right there. Now you now you have a cause attached to it. I know everybody <laughs> out there loves animals. Are you better? You're a sociopath. So, um, like right. I said, hit up Joe, guys. Um, you have any questions? Definitely, I'm sure you'll message them back and. Um, yeah, so like Depends I said, depends on what it is. Yeah, if you're asking him for money, he'll he'll give it to you. But yeah, he yeah, yeah. message. <laughs> Only you What's your cash app? So we're gonna get. Uh, actually, we're gonna talk a little bit of uh, basketball, NBA in particular. <laughs> the guy that uh, the spoken loves to bash on, that's uh, LeBron James. So uh, we'll get back to this or get back to that after this. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. Back at it here, the spoken podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twoodle with Eddie Ortiz, yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twoodwell. Yep. And Joe Bryant's is still hanging out with us. I'm here. I don't know why. Uh, the yeah, why? Like the chain to the chair. <laughs> he Thanks. told me on the break that he's going to duck out of this conversation, <laughs> but I, I totally get it because I'm probably just going to, I'm just scared. <laughs> <laughs> me and Trev, I, Trev and gonna, I, I'm just going to let you talk. You yeah, know, that sounds do good. The talking. That sounds good. Uh, I will say though, that during the break, we did look up and it sounds like, and by the time this gets published, we might already have the news, but it sounds like Antonio Brown is going to go to the Raiders. Now I did say this. I said it a couple times on Twitter. I talked to Eddie, um, I, I thought that was the team that made the most sense as far as the money was concerned and the team that would be dumb enough to trade valuable assets, <laughs> even though they know that they're not going to get top you know, quality production out of him because of their quarterback position and yeah. their their team in general. So um, that more than likely will happen. There is, there is also rumors about Le'Veon Bell going to the Eagles, so Trevor's probably not going to get his bet with me. Lies. Lies. We'll see. We'll see. But I mean, it's only it's only rumors, you know. <laughs> Did they trade Amari Cooper, essentially, oh, for Antonio Brown, oh. though? That's, that's yeah, a they, decent yeah, upgrade. They're, yeah, they're 
growing up about a decade in age. So, yeah. <laughs> Can I just say I'm so glad that the Raiders signed John Gruden to a 10-year yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a gift that keeps yeah, on they, giving. Yeah, they can't get rid of him. It's 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 shitty because like I miss him on Monday Night Football because he's so he was oh, so good. I oh, yeah. Here's the like, guy. God damn it! I tell you, like, <laughs> this, I loved him on guy. that. You know? Yeah, this guy right here. I did Z fly banana, whatever the fuck he said. Like I loved I loved him on there. This guy, I tell you, god damn it. Like I loved him. He was so good, but he, he's not a good coach. And, and it's been proven time and time, time and time again. We're we're not gonna talk about football right now. Instead, we're gonna talk about something that no matter how I try to present it, it is always the it, it loads the comment. Loads the comments up, man. I mean, I'm talking, I could post about anything else and we're getting, you know, 20 comments here and there. I, I say the name LeBron James and we got hundreds of comments. Take a drink at home. It's, <laughs> it's bad. So yeah, sip up. If you're listening to this and you're drinking, chug that thing real quick and we're going to get right to it because this is something that's near and dear to me and Trev's heart because we're big NBA fans. Uh, we follow the game just as closely as I do NFL. I know Trevor does the same. Uh, and LeBron James is is obviously the biggest name in pretty much sports and American sports and, and rightfully so. But um, I'm going to preface this real quick because this is a, this is going to be a fact, a fact stat, a fact stacked uh, conversation because mm. that's the only thing I want to go off of. Yes. Uh, a lot of people have their opinions. It's blanket statements. A lot of times that people go off of, and it's easy to do that. But a lot of times I, when we, when we have discussions like this, I want to give the people something that maybe they didn't know already. And hopefully it'll change their mind if they feel a certain way. Mm. This 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 season with the Lakers, let's just call for what it is. It's been a complete failure. It's a lost season. Awful. It's been a bad season. Yeah. Um. I didn't know how I was gonna feel about it once I heard on July second or July first when uh, Adrian Wojnarowski had, uh, had had broke the news that LeBron James was signing a four year four year deal with the Lakers. I, I I I felt excited about it, but also very scared for multitude of reasons. First, I didn't think they were gonna be able to build him a team immediately. I felt like Paul George could have went there. I even lost a bet to you, Eddie, for oh, that. Yes, he did. <laughs> I thought they were going to add some players, but they didn't at first. Uh, you can make your theories as to why that happened. Kawhi Leonard didn't want to go there. Well, supposedly Paul George's agent and the front office of the Lakers stopped communicating. Yes. And the Pacers originally from uh, the year before, he was going to go to the Cavaliers mm-hmm. and they stopped that as well. So right. there was, there was a lot of things going on, but regardless, I didn't know how to feel about the season. I felt like, I felt like I had enough faith in LeBron that he was going to, take this team to the next level. And that's the pace they were going. Yeah, fourth, fourth um, in the West. Yes, yeah. but, but before his injury, the, the the Lakers were 20 and 14. They were on pace to be 48 and 34. Uh, the best record, the, that would have been the best uh, record the Lakers had in eight years. So obviously they were going to have a really good season regardless right. of having another superstar on the roster. Now we do know how this all played out. You had a bunch of makeshift guys, a bunch of one-year deals with a bunch of young players, unproven no guys, no shooters. Right. Um, Lonzo Ball with his injury history, Brandon Ingram being an unproven player, uh, Kyle Kuzma being an unproven player, Steve Lance Stevenson playing guitar half They've the time. Played well, but yeah, Rajon Rajon Rondo, good player, but you know he's not an individual score by any means. And so yeah. it was a makeshift team, and it was, and and, it, and despite that, they were on pace to almost win fifty games, and right. they were clearly going to make the playoffs in the West. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, LeBron James gets injured, and everything just goes to shit from there. The royal, the now I'm saying the Royals. Holy, <laughs> I mean, shh, this is ridiculous. LeBron okay. Breaking LeBron joins right, the Royals. Cut, cut. I mean, yeah, we need to start over. <laughs> retake. The Lakers were on pace. Like I said, he he had them going, and, and and as soon as he got hurt, they go six and twelve. Yeah, get them. They got out of playoff contention completely. He comes back, and it's just not the same. No. Now he was putting up his numbers. He was averaging a triple double for the first I think eleven games right. coming back. 
but it just wasn't the same. The team was broken because of all the rumors about Anthony Davis coming and they were going to trade eight players to get him. And the players were pissed off about yeah. that, regardless the of the situation. morale of the team that went out the window. The morale yeah. was over. Yes. Especially for young, un, unmolded minds. Right. And that, so th- that was the problem. And so, um, again, this was going to be the best record they had in eight years. Kobe played in five of those seasons. And the reason I even bring up Kobe's name is this. It's hard to avoid. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is what this is what Lakers fans decided to do. They decided to make a narrative about Kobe Bryant and how they wish that they could have him over LeBron James as it currently as it currently stands. So that really upset me because I felt like that was completely unfair to LeBron James and the entire situation. I think it was even unfair to Kobe Bryant. And this is why. And I'm going to get to my notes in a second. I'm sorry here. Uh, LeBron James, obviously after you got hurt, the team uh, he led the team in points, rebounds, assists, steals, mm-hmm. and win shares. Offensive win shares, defensive win shares, PER, offensive plus minus. Uh, the closest to him was 5.9. I'm sorry, his his numbers were 5.9. Caldwell Pope was the closest in 0.0 and plus minus. Out of all the starters, LeBron James is plus 60, uh, plus minus for the Lakers right now. Everyone else is in the negative. Right. So just think about that. For and a so the Kobe Bryant, yes, and thank you. And the Kobe Bryant thing, like, you know, everyone, everyone wants to talk about all the glory days that they had with Kobe Bryant. Right. The five championships and all these playoff successes they had. Well, I decided to do a little homework, and I looked at the last five seasons that Kobe Bryant had in, in, as a Laker. 2011 to 2012, they went 41 and 25. He had Gasol, Metal World Peace, Andrew Bynum. Kobe Bryant only led the team in points. 2012-2013, they went 45 and 37, another good season, but he had Dwight Howard in his prime. Right. You had Pau Gasol still in his prime. You had Metal World Peace and Steve Nash. Dwight Howard was averaging 17 points, 12 rebounds. Pau Gasol was averaging 13 and 10. And Nash was averaging 13 and seven. Well, that was one of Kobe Bryant's actually best seasons as an individual player. He was averaging 27, six and six on 46% shooting and 32% from three. And he actually led the team in points, uh, win shares VORP, which is value over replacement player Mm -hmm. and PER. So you got to give Kobe a lot of pressure, a lot of uh, precedent on that one. He was able to focus on his sole priorities, scoring the ball. That's literally all he had to focus on. Key point though. They did not win a championship that year. And everyone's talking about championships and that that's why they wanted Kobe Bryant back. Then you have 2013-2014. They went 27-55 and 55 that season. Kobe Bryant only played six games. He got hurt, dramatically hurt that season. He could not play for the rest of the season. He only averaged 14 points when he played. So that was a lost season. And then in 2014-2015, Kobe played 35 games, 22-6-6, six and six, shot only 37% from the field and 29%. Yeah, his, health, his health was going pretty downhill. It was, there. and it was fast because the next season, yeah. his final season with the Lakers. Now I know he had the sixty-point game to end his, end his career. And that's took, great. Yeah, it was took, fun to watch. It was, it was 50, yeah, fifty shots worth of sixty points. Yeah, it was fun to watch because we all knew it was the end. Yeah, they went seventeen and sixty-five that season. They had Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson, who, by the way, LeBron led to the finals two years later. Wasn't Julius Randle there too? Julius Randle was there. Right. Lou Williams was there. Well, He's a good player. I think. Yeah, Lou Randall. Williams is a six man of the year. What three times? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have you had guys. Right. Kobe led the team at, with points at eighteen points a game. That, that's that's insane to think about. Mm-hmm. He was he only had point four in win shares that year. Now a lot of people don't know what win shares are, but it's it's your value. It's the overall statistical value that you have that contributes to wins. His contributes were less than half a point in win shares. That's that's absolutely insane which ranked dead last on the team, by the way. Right. Of a team that won 17 games, Kobe finished last in win shares. Mm-hmm. Kobe's five seasons, those last five seasons, he averaged 49 games played, 
22 5 and 5 on 41% shooting, 28% from the three point land at 18 PER. 3.4 win shares. His final three years in win shares was negative 0.4, negative 0.2, negative 0.4 again. Less than one in value over replacement player in his last three seasons. His average record during during that time, his average team record was 30 and 52 and missed the playoffs in the last three seasons. Whereas LeBron's 2018 average, where everybody was crushing him and saying they missed Kobe Bryant, was the best statistical season Kobe Bryant would have ever had in his career at 27-98, 51% shooting, 35% from three, 26 PER, six and a half points in win shares. And four and four. LeBron's, which, be, LeBron's being booed off the court after passing Michael Michael Jordan and scoring while while averaging a stat line that Kobe Bryant has never even achieved. While Le, while LeBron is everyone, everyone's talking about his defense and how he's been slacking, which he has. There's no question. This Absolutely. is this is worst defensive season. What's funny about that though? Expected, though, man. I looked at the I looked at these numbers, and again, he's not had a great season defensively. But what's funny to me is who this. does over over 34 years old? Who does? <laughs> Sorry, man. LeBron is currently 35th in defensive win shares in the NBA. Right. The best Kobe finished in those final five seasons, those last five seasons, was 42nd. So even in, as bad as LeBron's been on defense, the final five seasons of Kobe's, that would have been his best year defensively. Mm-hmm. LeBron's current numbers would be eighth in his in Kobe's best, his best year ever averages, would have been his eighth best, would have been his first best in rebounds, would have been his first best in assist, would have been his first best in field goal percentage, would have been his fourth best in three-point percentage, his PER would have been the second best of his career, and win shares would have been by far his, or it would have been the second best. But after that, it would have dropped dramatically. So my my point in saying all of this, yeah. my point in saying all of this is this: you want to talk about like, and, it, and it's a it's a spoiled mentality here because when you've won so many championships like the Lakers have, and these fan this fan base has seen so many championships, they forget the value of a player. They forget what a player actually brings to the team. And there were so many, there were so many Lakers fans that had a preconceived notion when it came to LeBron James oh, yeah. that no matter what he did, they would have never given him the due credit. Yeah. Now, this is a failed season, as I had previously addressed. And I'm gonna let you get your thoughts off on this from Trevor. Sure. But it really upsets me when I looked at these numbers, how ungrateful a fan base could be to have the best player in the world be the only consistent factor on the roster, despite having a horrible head coach. I mean, Luke Walton, whatever he is, he's whatever. He's horrible at rotations. Mm-hmm. He does not know how to use his shooters, right. the shooters they even have. LeBron has been the only consistent piece on this roster, yet we have millionaires that talk sports for a living saying he is the reason why they failed. Right? They're saying he's the reason why they're not doing what he's, they should yeah, be doing. He, or he's the cancer of the locker room, or you know, the, the whole leadership issue they want to talk about with these unproven young guys. It's just... It's hilarious, man. I don't get it. I don't. The numbers speak for themselves. I know we got numerous people in, in you know, in the group talking about they're just stats. I, I hate when people talk about they're just stats. You know, because you know, wins are more important than stats. I, stats are what the game consists of. That's literally how you dissect the game. What you bring to the table is what is on your box score. And LeBron is bringing a a a a, a, a average line that Kobe never averaged that magic never averaged that I don't think anyone outside of Kareem for the Lakers ever averaged a lineup, a a stat line that, that good. And this is, we're talking about year 16, right. And the decline of LeBron's career. And he's playing with a bunch of these unproven guys and they're expecting what, what were they really expecting LeBron to come here? And all of a sudden there's some juggernaut in the West, but LeBron's numbers have been consistent. This is what I, People talk about, oh, he's in the West now. It's this is why he's you know it's it's much tougher for him now. 
his 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 look at his numbers, look at his track record throughout his entire career, every year, season by season. His numbers have remained the same. His production has remained the same. Defensively, obviously, has declined. He's 34 years, going on 35 years old. Name me a player that got better or stayed the same defensively and played at that rate on both sides of the floor every night. It does not happen. So that's to be expected. He's got to reserve his energy because he is the offense. He has to be the offense. He's the point forward. you know. And then you got a bunch of guys that can't shoot and score consistently. Ingram's been coming around as of late because LeBron's been pushing him and feeding him the rock and letting him be that guy. But besides that, outside of LeBron, I mean, how how can you, like you said, spoiled fan base? I know there's there's fans that actually use their brain and accept LeBron for what it is and accept growth that's going to have to take place here and accept that you're going to have to get some other stars to help because no one else wins without multiple stars, multiple legitimate players or ex-Hall of, or Hall of Famers or MVPs. Look at all these, look at all the teams that are successful in the West. You got Denver with an absolute stud in Jokic, who is a freaking absolute stud. Center that can pass, shoot, everything. And he's, he's surrounded by legitimate pieces. And then you got obviously the Warriors loaded. Picked up DeMarcus Cousins in the offseason. Unstoppable. You got the Rockets with two legitimate uh players and you know Harden and 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 and, and uh Chris Paul and Paul George and and and, and Harden or in uh Westbrook. So I mean you got these these teams in the West that are loaded, and then you got LeBron who's expected just to go in here and lead all these guys. You know this young locker room with chemistry issues. So that's my, I mean, that's my that's my biggest issue is what the expectations were. People were expecting LeBron just to come here with, and, then, and the fact that he got hurt was the biggest thing for me. And then Lonzo going down is a bigger issue too that a lot of people don't address. He was taking care of a lot of the perimeter defense that LeBron wasn't able to take care of because LeBron has to really play the big spot. He's playing more power forward and center most of the time. Right. Um, so yeah, that's I mean that's one of my biggest issues is just the the him the fact that the people are claiming he's a cancer, and he's a coach killer, you know it's just like that that whole thing is just hilarious to me because he's had nothing but mediocre coaches and excuse him for wanting to win, him him wanting his or supposedly the report that that his camp wanted Luke Walton gone. So what? Get a better coach. Yeah, you're the Lakers, man. Tell me you can't go get a better coach than Luke Walton. Yeah. What has Luke Walton proved? Right. What has he proven? Nothing. And it's it's scary almost to think that like it's almost a thought where you're you're almost you'd almost rather have a team without him than with him. You know, right. like imagine this roster without him for an entire season. They went six and twelve without him. Piece right. that out. Right. You're winning twenty two games ish. You well, know what and I mean? I, and, I, and I had a little <laughs> segment on. Uh, there was a little back and forth on the on the spoken um, one of this feeds. I can't remember. And I I broke it down. I people were like, oh well, if we had KD or we replaced LeBron with KD or or we wanted Paul George. And I broke it down literally, the numbers, because that's what that's that's the production you're getting. Expecting the average night in night out is what you're getting. And I broke it down. LeBron has literally the edge. Only he only thing he, he's lower on in Paul George is points per game by one point, right? So literally he beats everything but Paul George in, in points per game. He beats KD in in, in uh, rebounds, assists, shooting percentage, defensive win shares, VORP, yeah, everything, yeah. So you're really gonna tell me you replace those? LeBron with lesser numbers, right? And you're expecting a better win loss record. I don't understand. I mean, I know he got injured, but still, that doesn't it doesn't make any sense. People are just it. We're constantly hearing emotional responses, not backed by anything of substance. That's yeah. my biggest problem. Give me something that actually makes sense in a rebuttal to what he actually brings, and then I'll I'll, I'll I have to change my mind based on new information. And, and this and and then the news that came out 
this week, rather the, the, the game against the nuggets, they got pounded obviously, but Mm -hmm. LeBron went to fourth place in scoring over Michael Jordan. He passed Michael Jordan over an all time scoring while getting booed by his own fans. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. Well, the most amazing part about it isn't just that he, you know, he's a more of a pass friendly player. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the only player to be in the top five or top 10, he's let alone to be in top points. Five yeah, top five, not top 10 in points and Maybe assists. Number the one only player scoring. to ever do that. Right. But he did it on 1,251 fewer shots than Michael did. Right. That's the most impressive part for me over but that. Three you players, know, Lance. Yeah, everybody talks about like, well, he played more games. Games that don't matter matter. when you're talking about the amount of shots you right. take. Because I could play 100 games and take five shots. Or I could play five games and take a hundred shots. Right. The amount of shots are what matter when it comes to efficient scoring, not games. And he's shooting at a higher percentage too, which he, is so, more efficient. So now that yeah, and now that he's done this, he's now past Michael. And I had I have the actual uh, post up because I posted as soon as uh, the actual play happened when he scored the point. I was waiting for because I was going to, like I was going in oh, yeah. all night. I was ready for it to happen, oh, yeah. and I'll pull this up for you real quick, but. Um, now that he has actually passed Michael in scoring, what he's also passed him in is uh, regular season points, regular season assists, blocks, field goals, three-point percentage, VORP, win shares, triple doubles, double doubles, field goals made, three-pointers made, regular season game-winning, game-tying uh, field goals, uh, playoff points on 120 fewer shots, by the mm-hmm. way, playoff rebounds, playoff assists, playoff blocks, playoff steals, playoff field goal percentage, playoff three-point percentage, playoff VORP, playoff win shares, playoff triple doubles, playoff double doubles, Playoff game-winning field goals, playoff game-winning field goal percentage. Finals points, finals rebounds, finals blocks, finals steals, finals field goals made, finals three-pointers made, finals three-point percentage made, finals triple doubles, eight to zero, by the way, finals double doubles. I'm sorry, guys. I know everyone has their notion, everyone has their beliefs, their consensus that no matter what happens, they're going to, like we talked about. Their cognitive biases, yep. Their field goal posts are going to continue to move. Yep. They're going to continually pass them. I remember all the time, well, LeBron's got to win a championship right, to right, in right. discussion. He goes and wins three. Oh, well, he's three and six. You know who's the logo of the NBA? Right. Jerry West, one who went six. one and nine. Yep. And when he won his championship, he wasn't even the best player on his team. Mm-hmm. He went one and nine, and the dude's the logo of the league. We talk about championships. Who's got the most championships of all time? Bill Russell with 11. Why didn't MJ have to win 11 in order to be greater than him? It's a convenient narrative that we have here because if we're going off rings alone, Michael Jordan is ninth all time as far as players are concerned. Actually, 10th. 10th all time. He's tied for ninth. So he's the 10th greatest player of all time. That sounds illogical, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. We got to look at competition. Michael Michael Jordan never faced a dynasty in the playoffs. Or I'm sorry, in the in the finals, <clears throat> faced one team twice. It was the Jazz, who had Greg Ostertag, Antoine Carr, and uh, Adam Keefe in their starting lineup. Those guys sound like winners, don't Shit, they? Let's go there, Hornacek. Yeah, yeah average twelve points per game in his career. Him, he wouldn't even be in today's league, right? I mean, that's that's the problem, man. People want to talk about the '90s being such a dominant era. It's the stigma of the '90s. It's the physicality of the '90s, and I get it. I grew up in the '90s. I grew up watching that same era. I loved it. It was fun. There is no comparison to the talent and the overall skill set of today's league compared. To, it's put Steph Curry in the '90s shooting 30, 35 footers. No, no one would know what to do. Right. That's the stuff that LeBron has to figure has to deal with in the finals, going up against not just that, and they have to worry about KD. Yeah, he went through. He went. LeBron I mean, has faced dynasties in the playoffs. You got to remember his first. See, everyone talks about finals records, which right. is hilarious. It's always been funny to me. Right. It's context. Because you gotta- his first finals appearance was at 22 years old, leading a team you can't name me as starting five. Right. Out of the East, right? They go against the Spurs dynasty in the prime of their dynasty in mm-hmm. 2007. Tim Duncan was 30 years old. 
Went on to play another almost 10 years. And then faced up again, you know, when they added the guy, oh, Kawhi Leonard. You yeah, know. and they, they, so he goes 0-1 to start his career. Is that really an indictment against him when it right. comes to legacy? Right. He goes and plays in Miami. I will put this against him. Mm-hmm. He did not play his best in that. In that. But here's the funny part about it. If we're going to use that as his ultimate low as a career, as a player, we're going to use that. Think about that for a second. His low was in the finals, right? Whereas Michael Jordan got swept in the first that, round twice in a row. Did went one and nine in the first round until Scotty and Phil got there. Yeah. Oh, and then and then people that talk shit on on LeBron for for losing to that Dallas team, which he should have. They should have beat that. I mean, even though Dirk was at an absolute peak, untouchable. The dude would not miss the entire playoffs. He was amazing all year. That team was just built with veterans that were willing to win. Yeah, great shooters on that team. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, put Michael Jordan on these Cavaliers teams. Because for me, I'm not even trying to make a debate here. There is no more debate. LeBron, to me, is the greatest player that's ever played this game based upon what I just told you and the fact that he's won championships he should not have won. 2016, they're down 3-1 three to nothing, three to one against the Golden State Warriors team that just won 79 or 73 games. It went 73-9. and nine. LeBron, they don't, only, they don't only come back. He leads the entire series, not just his team. He leads both teams in points, rebounds, assists, yeah. blocks, and steals. Against that dynasty. Against a dynasty who yeah. just won the most games in regular season history. Right. That is the most unprecedented performance we have ever seen. Yes, Kyrie did hit the game-winning shot. We've talked about this a lot a lot of times, Eddie. Well, he needs to hit the shot. The shot doesn't matter if LeBron doesn't make the block against Andre Iguodala. And then seals it with the free throw that puts him up by four, not three. Exactly. So you, there's context to everything. Right. Not every, No championship is created equally. Right. For me, his three championships were far harder earned than any of Michael's six. His one against Golden State should count as two. Exactly. I mean, you think about it, man. Leading it's- that 07 team to the finals should count as a championship. Right, right, right. Going six games in 2015 against the Warriors with fucking Matthew Dellavedova no, no, no. and, and Timofey Moskov as your two best players. Exactly. Like I was saying, though, about the Dallas the Dallas series, the one real black mark on his, his record, his resume. It's hilarious when I have these Kobe fans, these diehard Laker fans are, that always talk – about LeBron losing that finals. When a series before that, the second round of the playoffs, that Dallas Mavericks team swept Kobe Bryant. Yeah. So, I mean, how in the same breath can you dog LeBron for losing that series? The champions, the defending champion Lakers. Right. Then beat the Spurs the next round in five games. Right. And then, but they got swept by the team that they're talking trash on LeBron to lose, to by him losing. I, I, I get it. LeBron had D Wade, who was, whose knees were really starting to fall off at that point. It just the logic there is just so inconsistent and unfair, and it's been since the beginning of his career he's been under a microscope. So the the pressure for him, the, the microscope that he's lived under since day one. I mean, the, the fact that he's surpassed all the expectations. Whether he's going to be a champion, you know, he's got three rings, so he's not just a champion; he's a multiple champion. It's amazing, man. That still to this day he has to try to prove himself to these people for what. He's the king of the league. Why does he need to be the king of L.A.? That doesn't make any sense to me, man. Yeah, well, one of my favorite stats about it when it comes to the quote-unquote comparison between the two is the fact that in his nine nine finals appearances, he's faced 29 Hall of Famers in the finals. Right. Michael in his six has faced nine. Well, uh, LeBron played more Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers in one series against that Warriors team than Michael played in his entire playoff. That's my point, guys. It's not that... Look, it's not that Michael isn't great because Trevor and I, 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 I can vouch for you. And I'll vouch for myself here. I know that doesn't make sense. We grew up worshiping Michael Jordan. Absolutely. Like I always feel like you have to like take a stand. Like oh, you either love one and you hate the other. No, 
I grew up worshiping I the man. I still love him as a and, player. And, and because there, there was yeah. no social media back then, these guys were more mythical back then mm-hmm. because you didn't know them at more of a personal level. You didn't yeah. see the yeah. inside of their life. You didn't I see their families. I can imagine what it would have been like, man. Right. That, that aside, the fact that if, if we knew who he really was oh, back man. in the day, and I want to address yeah. this before we go because I posted this and I got a lot of backlash. I even had friends that unfriended me technically. Save the chest. This is this is what really really set me off about the whole Michael Jordan retiring the first time. Because of the fact that it's simply not true. Everyone wanted to say that it's because of his father's death that he retired in 1993 after they won the third title. Everybody said, "Well, he just he needs to get away from it." Go read the LA Times article on October 6th of 1993 when he made his press conference about retirement. He said, everyone wants to know if this is about my father. Mm-hmm. I was already leaning this direction. All my father's death did was re- remind me how life is so short. Right. So anybody that wants to tell me that Michael Jordan left and quit the game, because i that's what he did. He said he was tired of the game. He, mm-hmm. he, was, he wanted to get away from it. Anybody wants to tell me that he decided to do that because of his father's death, it's wrong. Do I want to be sensitive to the fact? Because I, I, me imagining losing my father would be... I don't even want to think about it. Right. And I would probably want to give up on a lot of things too. Right. But we have to contextualize everything. So when we talk about quitting on the game, we, we got guys that are taking snippets, 15 to 20 minutes, 20 second snippets of LeBron giving up on a drive, on a possession. But they want to call <laughs> they want to call Michael Jordan the most competitive killer instinct guy around. But yet he quit on the game multiple times. Right. But and then the thing to add to what you just said right now about when he when he first left, and he just so happened to be under investigation. Yeah, and for gambling reasons. Yeah. I mean, just so happened when he left the game, you know, I know the bad timing with his father's death, and I'm sensitive to that for sure. Yes. But the that the underlying whole thing was him being investigated by the NBA and law enforcement for gambling. Yeah. They're possibly throwing games. There was hints to him throwing games and him having ties with referees and things like that. Nothing was ever proven, so I'm not making that as a statement, but the is that a coincidence? I don't no. I don't think so, man. I think he was getting forced out of the league. I really, truly believe that. I don't think he wanted to quit to go play baseball. I don't think that. I think that was the main Well, he shouldn't cause. have played baseball because that wasn't really he, called playing yeah, baseball. absolute trash. But <laughs> um, I'm saying, yeah. No, and, and, and despite using all this incriminating evidence against Michael and, and it just almost – Just imagine if that was Braun. I'm saying. Just right, imagine if right. was getting investigated by the league. Right. I mean, my God, yeah. Imagine it, what social media would d- do. Despite all this that we're saying – we, like I said, we worship Michael growing up. I had his jerseys. I, I the Levens are still my favorite shoe. Yeah, They're still my favorite shoe. I love his. I don't even like LeBron shoes to be honest. I think I don't, I'm not a fan of theirs. But I, I love I loved Michael Jordan growing up. Space Jam was one of my favorite movies, even though it was a completely stupid movie. But I loved it. I loved him. Now you've crossed the line. I'm I'm sorry. I had to say. I had to say. Era movie, man. Just yeah, like, yeah. But but despite all that, I was okay with the fact that when I was about 16 years old and LeBron came to the league. And I started to watch this guy play his career out. I realized this guy's just better at basketball. And his career has shown that. Championships are not what makes a great player great. It well, just it's context. How man. how how convenient not is it? Not everyone has the situation right. that MJ had. Yes. Michael Mike, Michael didn't inherit a great situation, but a great situation came to him in Chicago. That's why he didn't have to leave. Kobe didn't have to leave uh, uh, the Lakers because he was traded to them originally and inherited a great organization. That was a great organization. Michael LeBron went to the Cavaliers. Right. The worst that was literally the worst team in basketball at the time. And when he's left, they end up going back to that. Right. The value is irreplaceable. 
He has shown that he is the reason why any of those teams have had success throughout the time they've had. Because when we left the Miami, the Miami, Miami Heat, they haven't even been a playoff contender. Right. They've made the playoffs, I think, one time got swept. That's the point. His value is irreplaceable. He's the greatest player I've ever seen in my life, and I'll stick with that. I saw both of these guys play, and he's the better player, and that's where we'll leave it. Yeah. So in that, we got to get our, got a little now off our chest. Now I can put your shirt back now on. Now I can put my shirt back on and my pants. Quite frankly, they fell off. So Trevor's holding two flaming machetes. <laughs> I don't even know where when, this came from. When we come back, I'm going to give uh, Eddie the floor. He's going to give us some some uh, give us some topics of what we missed in the sport, sports world, and we're going to go to our favorite segment of the night. Hold this L. We'll be back to that after this. Casey Hardgoods is the brainchild of local Kansas City degenerate Scott Reinerson. Born from a passion of old materials and custom designs, specializing in reclaimed wood, burned art, and signs, and upcycled leather wallets and accessories. Follow Casey Hardgoods on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we are back on the Spoken Podcast. This is the final segment. This is the longest episode we've had to this point, and it's fitting the the first month you know gets wrapped up and this is the one where we just go off so uh thank don't, you for staying tuned on this me. yeah well we're gonna blame you a little bit because you talked <laughs> royals so you know we had a we had a lot to talk about you on that one me. so yeah um, you know this like i said guys this is um this is something we wanted to try it's a little new um eddie is a big time soccer fan that's an understatement the guy the guy <laughs> knows the game really well and i was like you know what we talked about it earlier today i was like dude we need to give you a little bit of an opportunity to to talk more about that because there are soccer fans out there and also Quite frankly, man, there's things in the sport, the sports world that we don't get to touch on. Yeah. So I wanted to take this uh, this segment. We're gonna do this every week now. Just kind of talk about the things that fell through the cracks, man. So uh, give us a little bit of what you've uh, been finding out today, uh, in particular with the soccer world. Eddie, okay. if you got anything else, hit it, hit it up, man. All right. There's uh, two breaking news today. Uh, one is uh, obviously with the uh, Chelsea. I gave him the L about two weeks ago, and it's just kind of like. Uh, Pretty much confirming what was announced about two weeks ago. Um, so FIFA has officially banned Chelsea from signing any new players for a whole year, starting uh, 2018, 2000, uh, I mean 2019, 2020 season. So they cannot sign. There's two transfer windows per year, so they cannot sign in that whole soccer season. Chelsea obviously has made an appeal of, about this decision. And obviously, FIFA rejected it. They were like, "Yeah, we're not even gonna try to suspend it, suspend until the appeal process is complete, and all that nonsense." So Chelsea, with that being said, Chelsea feels like they're being mistreated by FIFA. So, uh, so far, so I'm gonna read some some uh, article here from uh, uh, what's a statement from Chelsea. It says, "So far, the club is aware in all previous cases where a registration." ban has been imposed by FIFA. A decision has also been made to suspend the sanction until the appeal process has been completed. In this case, Chelsea considers that it is being treated inconsistently in comparison with other European clubs. With that being said, this ban was given to three major European teams from Spain, Real Madrid, Barcelona included. Now, when they got their ban... Their uh, band got suspended for a transfer window, and this teams were able to go out and sign any player they wanted for this transfer window to prepare for the band. So Chelsea's kind of using that in their advantage of saying, hey, why are you telling me no when obviously you let these other two big teams sign in the transfer window? Why don't you let me sign my players and then I'll 
I'll do the ban. You know, why am I being mistreated? Like I said, so there's a whole whole thing going on. They they're gonna go to like uh, now they're gonna go with the Swi- Switzerland law because that's where FIFA is based out of. So now this this whole thing is gonna go to court and it's just gonna be a mess. And I mean, news are are more to come. And I mean, that's just one of the news I have. The other one, kind of like the same thing, but with another major. Uh, English team. This is uh, Manchester City. So the, <laughs> I don't know what the English teams are doing this season, but that's that's what they are. Um, so with Manchester City, they uh, they are being investigated by the Premier League and the UEFA. UEFA is the governing body of the European Football, that's like the European Football Association, pretty much. So. They're invest- being investigated because of uh, financial fair play, which is kind of like uh, they're trying to see where Manchester City got that money to buy these expensive players that are costing over 100 million euros just to sign. Yeah. So what uh, what the UEFA and Premier League are doing is going into Manchester City and saying, hey, I need all this paperwork ready and I want to I want to investigate and see how you're able to sign this players without with like your, your record showing that your income is not sufficient enough for you to have enough money to buy this player. So I want to prove as to where you're getting this money. So there's also more news to come on that. And I just wanted to touch a little bit on that. I mean, it's breaking news it, in the soccer world. It, it's big, big news. Yeah. Like from two major, major clubs in, sure. in Europe. So that's just a little little uh sneak peek of what what's to come on on those two subjects yeah we we can't pretend like soccer isn't the biggest sport in the world it absolutely is yeah so i feel like any kind of news like this is is something that we should be at, at least you know addressed uh pushed up and so that's why I, I i really wanted to get your thoughts on that and you giving us that so that's yeah. that's uh eddie uh filling in the cracks for <laughs> us because like i said most times Americans aren't aware of these types of things. Yeah. Uh, it's it's good to to get that information. We still out there call it soccer. Yes, the, yeah. it's, yes. It's, it's football, but uh, I guess since we're in America, it's, it's soccer. It's yeah, <laughs> but it's just not. Yeah. I mean, football here in America, you don't use your feet right. technically. Less and less. Irony. <laughs> yeah, so it's like uh, you know, it's ironic. Yes, that's, that's very. True. It should be called like handball yes. or catchball, maybe. Ball on the hands. people that named yeah. it were drunk. Okay, <laughs> uh, not. Not that last one. Dude, we're Americans. We don't do things yeah. the right way. Let's be honest here. I mean, we drive on the wrong side of the road. We don't use the metric system. Like, we, we don't do things change. right here. Yeah, it's, we're odd people. We're right? odd people, man. So, yeah, Viva La USA. So, um, yeah, so thank you for that. That's going to be a segment we're going to be doing every week now. Uh, Eddie just filling in the cracks for us, letting us know about things that we do not know otherwise. Thank you for that. Let's get to the best segment of the night, the segment we wait for all week long. It is called What, Boys? Hold this L. It's time to hold this L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J style. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic. <gasps> Veiny, pulsating oh L. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. So we're going to get right to it. Eddie, 
We're going to go right back to you, man. Woo! Who is holding this L for you this week? Man, since I already talked about soccer, I'm going to take it back to soccer or football like, uh, you know, everybody else. <laughs> you made your point, called. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give my L to Real Madrid. Why am I giving them the L? Because they lost three major tournaments in one week. Whew. That's <laughs> Whew. This is like one of the worst things that can happen to any soccer club, especially a name like Real Madrid. You're, you're talking top, top tier team. Um, Would you say they're like the Yankees of their – Yes. Okay. Yes. They, okay. These is, uh, Real Madrid is the most expensive team in sports okay. in general. So for them to – lose three major tournaments in one week it's it's unheard of gotcha it's for a team like that anyways uh, it's just so yeah real madrid hold this l. l there you go trevor who you, who's holding the l uh, this week mine is transitioning to real football um <laughs> real football yeah so, so. <laughs> and he's gonna flip this table bro, real quick <laughs> he did not just talk all that just for you to disrespect him like that damn yeah, you, you mean handball <laughs> <laughs> yes no um my L is going to be held this week by the Washington Redskins and the Denver Broncos. Um, two teams that have accepted mediocrity. Um, I believe that they are the new old Chiefs. There we go. I was going to say, doesn't it feel good to say we're not that team it anymore? It feels amazing. It feels great, doesn't it? I was waiting for that to come off my lips. I wanted to, I wanted this. I feel like oh, lighter now. So, yeah. Um, man, Joe Flacco. I mean, really? That's, yeah. that's, that's who we're going to be facing this year, man. Um, I'm stoked I'm on not, that. I'm not scared. I'm not pissed about that, guys. I'll be honest with you. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 definitely, um, it's definitely a good L to be holding. Yes, for us, yes. Um, so as far hold as that it, high. Yes, yes, definitely. And, and then the Case Keenum going to uh, to Washington to replace uh, Alex Smith, his um, doppelganger, <laughs> um, as far as gameplay goes. Um, yeah, I mean, no no hate on Alex Smith or, or Case Keenum. They're both, you know, um, usable quarterbacks. But yeah, yeah, um, they both need to hold this up. Both those organizations need to hold these big, fat, juicy Benny L's. And um, so Washington and Denver, hold, hold this L. L. <laughs> now, Mr. Joe, who, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you're participating in this because I feel like the more L's, the merrier. So go ahead. <laughs> I agree. I, I feel like you're relieved here because I think you were worried that we were all going to share. Uh, and I was L. very worried Trevor was going to take mine, okay, okay. Uh, especially when he said football. Yes. Now, this next one, I think they would love to have some mediocrity. Mm. Uh, now, we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills here. Mm. Okay. So these Bills, they traded the a top 10 pick to the Chiefs so that they could take Patrick Mahomes. Now, that's a couple years ago. But last night, they thought that they had Antonio Brown and they were going to be relevant and their young quarterback was going to have a nice new weapon. Super Bowl. Oh, whoops. Um, Super Bowl. So maybe close. Playoff. Yeah. Uh, so maybe future Toronto Bills. Um, you know, it's it's got to be rough up there. Um, yeah. You know? what, do you, what, do you, what else do you say about that? That's that's a tough day. Yeah. Yeah. So Buffalo Bills. Hold this L. He said, psych. <sighs> well. Say it, like, Say it to me, baby. <laughs> say it. Nobody likes a liar. <laughs> I, yeah. I nobody, would think, no, I, I would think so. Yeah. Nobody likes a liar. <laughs> I'm unless, unless they're compliments. True. <laughs> Touche on that. In the sports world, no one likes a liar. Let's just say that. Mm. Especially people that report false news. Mm. Oh. Fake news? Fake news. I know Someone called going. fake news. <laughs> Earlier this week, there was a report that the Chiefs were going to be 
<laughs> letting Justin Houston Not go. We're going to be. They, they are. Did. As in, like, they that was they happening did. that moment. I was bamboozled. And there were a ton of Chiefs fans and people. I mean, it was being reported on Fox Sports Radio. It was NBC on ESPN. Sport, it was NBC Sports people were Radio. Reporting, people were, yeah, people were reporting it left and right that entire day. And I had very good friends that I trust, uh, that I or that I that I care about, that are in the sports coverage world. That were I, that were believing it. They were posting about it, and uh, that was really upsetting me because of one small problem. And usually, it's you. You always hear that story. Go to the source, right? Well, there are people out there that bust their ass every single day in the in the news breaking world for sports, and those guys go by the name of Adam Schefter. Ian Rappaport, Therese Paler. Those are the three guys I always go to when it comes to breaking news in the world of sports, particularly in football, but you get the point. I didn't mention one name, and that name is Matt Verderam. And the reason I get so upset about this is because this guy has tried so hard to make a name for himself by making shit up. And that is what happened in this situation. I don't mean to get too personal because I don't even know the guy. But quit making shit up, man. <laughs> quit making shit up. Justin Houston is going to be off this team. Mm-hmm. I could have made that post. I could have put that tweet out there, and it would have had the same validity. I can make a post, and I did actually to troll. I said, hey, guys, per source, Patrick Mahomes is going to get an extension in 2020. <laughs> Are you that source? Apparently. Because <laughs> I can make projections. I can make predictions of things we all know. And it makes no more sense than anyone else making the post. So until you hear it from people that actually have sources, actually are well-connected with these franchises, don't believe the bullshit. Yeah. So Matt Bergeram, yeah. hold, hold this, this out. out. God bless you, bro. You That's our favorite segment. It's all in Lightheart. We love everybody, but quit lying, man. So that is our show for the night. Uh, we were <laughs> Three very, hours later. Oh, we're, yeah. God, I mean, for liar. Yeah, the 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 uh, daylight savings came and went during this <laughs> during this podcast. So, so good um, morning. Oh, that's his that's his weekend, right? I know they lasted that long. You know what I mean? So we, t- is that tonight? Or it's tonight. Is that tonight? Is it tonight or tonight? It's tomorrow night. Right? Is it tomorrow night? Is it? Let's okay. take another thirty it minutes to. Regardless, this has been a long ass episode. Wait, so, is it going forward or backwards? It's going forward. Spring forward, right? Spring yeah. Spring forward, forward, fall back. Fall back, fall back okay. Oh, man, Earth. come on. It's all conspiracy anyway, just like the Earth. <laughs> oh, you America. Know, being flat and all, I guess, supposedly. Right? Yeah, big, big pharma. Yeah. Hey, this, this is going back <laughs> going back to America, you know. This yeah, separate, the that's a separate podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that after. We'll make another podcast tonight. We'll go on to another <laughs> yeah, yeah. tangent. Oh, okay. Thank you so much for everybody that's listened. Uh, it means a lot. Uh, to all of our sponsors, our one of the brand ambassadors is here tonight, uh, Joe Bryans. Thank you so much, man. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Like I tell everybody else, man, the people we like at least, uh, you can you can come on whenever you like, dude. Seriously, I mean, Thank if you man. have if you have anything you'd like to participate with the show, bring it on, man. But otherwise, follow yeah, him at Commandeer Brand. Here, yeah, man. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun it's and fun, man. glad to be here. Glad to get this first month, great you know, time. in and great, great. I feel like things are really going well and and we look forward to having more guests on, but. In the meantime, guys, this is what we're doing. We're here to talk sports, and I'm glad that you're a part of it. Um, definitely let your friends know about it. You can uh, follow us all on Twitter as well. Eddie, go ahead and give your tw- Twitter. At Ortiz816. I'm at Treviathan89. Commandeer Brand. There you go. And I'm at Lance the Spoken. Uh, you can also follow our Twitter account, the podcast Twitter account, at, at the Spoken PC. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook as well, at just the Spoken. Uh, Instagram, I think, is the Spoken Podcast. Uh, but you, we we do a show every Friday night, so definitely let your friends know about it. 
And as the season comes closer and closer with the NFL draft and things of that nature, we're going to have some Arrowhead Pride guys on. It's going to be really good, guys. We're really looking forward to the, okay. the building of what's to come, and we're really excited to get this thing kicked off uh, in the era of one Patrick Mahomes. So really excited about that. But other than that, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you have been listening to the Spoken Podcast in the Casey Beardco Studios. Until next week, we out of this bitch. Adios. See ya. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the Spoken. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>